In Alexander Dumas' book, The Three Musketeers, two of the musketeers are called Athos and Porthos. What was the name of the third musketeer? I'd like to phone a friend. Here we go. <laughs> what's, what's a man from Nantucket? All right, we'll stop there. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Booms. <laughs> That's literally the only limerick I know. <laughs> I don't even know the second line. Well, maybe I do, but... If my <laughs> something was a ear, I would oh, yeah, yeah, do yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Now now we got to put it like a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, i got to put swears in there. <laughs> so, hello. Welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. Did I said that already? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you're really so, welcome today. I'm so excited. <laughs> I want to greet you twice. We're in a whole different. This is gonna be like a sweat box. This may end up being like. Do you do drugs, Annie? <laughs> Every day. What's the problem? <laughs> One of my favorite lines in movies. That in the same in that same scene, he was like, "I don't want to end up working at a lumberyard." He's like, "What's wrong with lumberyards? I own two of them." He's like, notice you're never there. He's like, "I don't know where they are." <laughs> Uh, so yeah, hopefully everyone enjoyed the SNL pod last week with me. And I know Justin. I did. Yeah, you lie, you lie. <laughs> I realized that we've got so many people that are like uh, liars that uh, listen to our stuff like like three months later. Like I've, we got like popular ones that were hitting really? like months ago and everything. So I mean, you can you can never tell. That's, <laughs> I, I managed somebody's. I want. I, I have to backtrack. I don't manage it. <laughs> I I assist with uh, someone's podcast. He's famous. What? And not ours? Not ours. <laughs> We're not famous. <laughs> as as our dad used to say, "You are a legend in your own mind." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I noticed the same thing, especially if you did like they do interviews. Yeah. So like they interviewed. Coach Cower. Yeah, there's the certain stuff you need to be topical, and, and luckily we. Yeah, don't they're have... topical every day. In fact, they're mad at Google right now because he did an interview with a Pittsburgh rapper talking about George Floyd. Yeah, and Google disavowed it as an ad for shocking content. What? Oh, and come they on. didn't talk anything shocking. Oh, that's they really, absolutely ridiculous. Well, let's give some shocking shit. So the world's in upheaval right now. Yeah, is it? <laughs> My world's Wait. fine. I got. We were a little late on our uh, like dystopian pod. We should have brought that fucking back. Maybe we can (laughs) podcast during the apocalypse. Yeah, I know. Well, right now we normally were in the backyard, but we are anticipating some serious rain uh, rain because we're still under quarantine. So I've got a setup in the uh, in the garage here. Uh, I'm so, in no rush to go out of quarantine. To be honest, no, I, I, I really am another not. stimulus check though. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice for sure. Uh, I mean, mainly the reason I'm not in any rush is. My job's essential, and I'm over. I work overnight. And, yeah, uh, I work from home, so yeah. And you work from home. I mean, so. I'm not. We've had seventy five percent of the work we were doing stop dead in yeah. his tracks. One, we have one client yeah. that lost his job, and and uh, we should be just glad we're not living in the big cities right now. Oh, big shit. cities are a friggin' mess. We got uh, my my girl got a call from one of her old students, Ansley, that she's uh, good friends with, and she was walking across the Brooklyn Bridge last night, or yesterday, during that uh, protest. The protest. So, it's crazy. I'm, I'm, I was, we talked to each other, you know, if we were 20 years younger, we would absolutely be in this shit, you know, uh, 
I be I would be uh, <laughs> for sure, uh, like in protests and yeah. different stuff like that. But uh, I like I I I wanted I want to do something positive. Yeah. I would like to do something positive using the skills that I have. I just don't know what that would be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that'll... Uh, I, I feel like it... I mean, I don't do social media, but what is my voice coming out and saying Black Lives Matter? I mean, they do. Yeah. Well, especially if you... I'd rather do something like... Social media only seems to matter if you have uh, upwards of uh, 500 to uh, 10,000 fucking followers, too. You know, I can I can tweet all day long about stuff, but my seven followers. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna like, do much for them. I don't have a voice. I, I'm sure there's uh, stuff, and there's when we're rebuilding and changing this whole thing, or uh, or what do you think of this whole? Did, have you seen some of these? Uh, not to get too political before we start here, uh, but we are doing a director who would uh, who would appre- who would appreciate it too because he touches on it every once in a while and. Um, some of these videos of the police brutality is insane. That old guy, did you see the seventy-five-year-old guy in Buffalo last uh, night? That I, got I pushed. read about it. I didn't see the. He video. got pushed, and he was. He felt. He looked like. He, just... uh, he looked just like that actor that played Lurch. Uh, you know. Okay. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone, the cop pushes him down, and he falls on the ground, and the pool of blood just starts pouring from underneath his head and everything. And everyone keeps walking. They're not stopping him. I was like, "What the hell?" And then they were like. Uh, they're suspended. It's suspended. I said, if that was like one of us doing it, we would yeah, be, arrested. be arrested. So it's insane. And then the the other ones with the batons, uh, tearing people up in L.A., just tearing people up. Or the Australian crew, who at first the uh, the park police there at, uh, around the White House said they tripped and fell until they looked at the freaking video. It's a tripped and fell. Uh, well, that's what they said about the old guy, the seventy five year old, tripped and fell until uh, man. If we didn't have cell phones, isn't videos, that code for getting beaten up? Man, if we didn't have cell phones, how about that seventeen year old girl that filled film the George Floyd thing this would never have happened yeah 17 year old girl who's probably messed up the rest of her life but we have so much to thank for her for just being there and holding that on him yeah the people record like, record oh, record man you know you should record <clears throat> everything yep it's, it's, it's hard to kind of deny when you've got multiple angles of videos from all different people and everything you were like yeah you you can shout out that this is not what it's supposed to be but yeah our country's at a low point hopefully yep He's, Somebody can do. He's like, uh, barricading himself in too, man. I told my wife, I said, the black community should get together and do a walkout from the economy yep. for two days yeah. and say, hey, we're going to teach you how important we are to this country. Yeah. And then I mean, if things weren't anything. shutting down already, I mean, it yeah. might have even made a bigger yeah. stance. But uh, I, I mean, he's barricading himself between three fences now, and I'm, I'm convinced that he, he he's not going to leave regardless of uh, the outcome of the election. So he might be. Forced, I mean, he's he might be forced up the. He's already bringing. He's like, doing the number one tactic that, if I was an evil advisor, I would tell him <laughs> to do, is like create as much is uncertainty about the information that's out there, so that when you don't want to leave, you just say that the election yeah. was rigged. See, yep. I told you, yeah, mail in ballots. Well, and he's also bringing in like the those cops that are in the, the park that are that are president? unmarked too. Yeah, that he's makes so, no I, sense. I don't understand why well, he wants to be president. At this point, it's just he doesn't he's, want to lose face. I mean, he could easily dip out and say and say Democrats never gave me a chance. Yeah, I would put my, both my middle fingers in the air and yeah. say I so tried I, to help. I tried to help you guys. So you don't you. want my help, so yeah, I mean, it's not true, but yeah. at least he could walk away yeah. and say that. And 
I mean, know? this uh, General Mattis thing is like the biggest thing that's kind of uh, come out recently. Uh, yeah. And it's allowing other Republicans and uh, people of like-minded. Shame to, on uh, you, Republicans. Stuff. I'm pretty sure we don't have any listening to us. But if Not do, now. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> what'd you do? We lost you in the last eight minutes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right, that, we'll, All right, that's we'll, enough. That's enough for our, uh, our ten minutes of politics every day, or the recap of the. It used to be the recap of the uh, kind of the virus, yeah, which is still going on. Did you see uh, AMC might go out of business? AMC, yeah, the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. They, I uh, mean, they have enough money to last for the summer uh, to pay their rent on their stuff. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going anytime soon. And a lot of people aren't going soon. anytime I'm not, soon. I'm another month before I yeah will go to a restaurant. Yeah, maybe two yeah. months. We'll still pick up, and not, I still wear my mask everywhere. Yeah, I, go, I wear but, my mask everywhere. But I mean, it doesn't bother me. These people that I mean, most people that have a problem with it are just that's just a stand. Yeah, they, just, they don't really care. I hey, don't think we're a society. You have to do stuff every <laughs> once in a while that you don't like to protect everybody else around you. That's what it. <laughs> well, all right, let, let, let's break that with uh, a little movie talk here, which will keep everyone's mind off of the kind of craziness that's going in, because that's the beauty of <laughs> Number things. three will bring us back to this. Yeah, topic, number, so. three will, <laughs> number three is like the sequel to what's happening in real life right now. Uh, but uh, what's what's great about this is these movies, uh, they're already out. You know, you can watch them digitally. You can watch them on DVDs. And uh, I've found great solace <laughs> Not only in my uh, in these last few months, but also in yeah, my life of just watching movies movie all the time. Man, I, I just oh, it's got to be right, and it's got to be like DVDs and stuff because uh, the more you stream, I mean, uh, people worry about their bandwidth and everything like that. I'm always a big stand that that's that alone is a reason to buy a lot of DVDs is because you don't want to have to worry about your bandwidth. Yeah, I, so many times my wife's like, "Our internet sucks ass." I said, "Well, it's not me right now because I'm on I'm watching a DVD," you know, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm not streaming. If she anything. if she complains about her internet, she should come over to our house. For yeah, like hour and then she'll be like, "I didn't realize how lightning fast our internet was." I love our internet. <laughs> yeah, you guys, uh, it's really hard, huh? It's really hard. I mean, <laughs> I, you can't watch Amazon Prime. You can't really watch Hulu. Ugh, that sucks, man. It's almost no reason. Netflix to have is it. the only thing we can really watch. It will play. You can Netflix. watch Hulu on a computer, but not on the TV. Huh? It's so weird, man. Yeah, you would think well, it would we have, be better everywhere, but we have satellite internet. Yeah, which that's is the, that's like, the problem right there. They're like. Hey, too bad. Well, a lot of these are available on streaming, so you can check it out. So what we're going to do today is, and I want to pull up. I wanted to see where the hell's my phone. I've got that great list here of the directors we've done before. Okay. And I like to give a uh, a kind of recap. background, too, because I'm interested in him as a person. Uh, We haven't said his name yet, but... uh... Yeah, so we're going to talk about the great Danny Boyle today. And uh, the first movie on here is the first movie I saw uh, of him. And we, we listed 10. We left a few off because we wanted to keep it kind of short and tight. So we're not going to end up talking about uh, Trance or there's a, uh, there's another one uh, on here. There's a few of them on here that we haven't not talked about. But just to give you a recap, if you're interested in these uh, director's series we're doing, we've done – this is our one – This is our 13th director's pod series. So we've done Steven Spielberg, John Carpenter, David Fincher, Quentin Tarantino, the Coen brothers, Martin Scorsese, Oliver Stone, Tim Burton, Stanley Kubrick, uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, Robert Zemeckis, Sidney Lament, and now Danny Boyle, man. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did uh, He did Babylon on the TV show. That's crazy. Danny Boyle did? Mm-hmm. Huh. That must have been where he started then because 94 was the first movie he did and we're going to start right off with that. And 94 is Shallow Grave and I loved Shallow Grave. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of like any of those kind of, especially in the mid-90s, any of those mid-90s thrillers. And this was a this I was an underground this one. this as like a, as a, a morality 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a, a morality, morality thing. Place, Has a great. I mean, we're not going to ruin the last like 30 seconds, but the last 30 seconds of this movie is one of the most enjoyable the endings. Seconds, so. I didn't see this in the theater, but if I if it was one of those movies that if I saw in the theater, I would like be happy leaving because yeah. I, I don't understand how people don't do that in their movies, you know. Uh, and that's what I always give Spielberg credit for because he, he usually ends his movies with a like a big bang and oh everyone's like oh did we just experienced something major. You think Jaws at the end of it, yeah. or you think the India. Into or the, the Indiana into the Jones government warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that wasn't in Jaws, but <laughs> Raiders uh, for sure. Uh, all those uh, you think like uh, Temple of Doom when they're running mm. with the kids into the uh, thing and they're kissing and they go to the wide shot and they're even uh, uh, like Last Crusade or something like that. Shallow Grave had that, but it was just like you said, it's a very morality tale. So uh, <laughs> I failed. I didn't watch this in the theater, watched it uh, probably on cable when it came out, but then I have uh, owned several, uh, I've owned it several times in my life. <laughs> uh, I, I just got it back. I'm back on top. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I, I, I went a long time with owning DVDs and then them just taking up so much room and getting annoyed with how much room they're taking out. It just took me a long time to realize. You had to find a system. Yeah, it took me a long time to find a really great condensed system where I could have Because you could run them. out of the house with all your DVDs in your arm, but you wouldn't have been able to do that before. But... Oh, no. I, it would, it would take me eight trips to, to get to the car because I have them in all these great like file boxes and everything. I love them. I, and my organization system now is great. Uh, except I did find uh, I was pulling uh, uh, red duplicates. Uh, well, no, I have done that for sure because uh, uh, it just happens when you have like over nineteen hundred. But I was pulling. I was looking for Red Sparrow because we're gonna be talking about that in a few weeks. Uh, that great Jennifer Lawrence spy movie, which is awesome. I watched this week, but obviously we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. But I'm looking for it, and I just happened to go to it immediately. And instead of Red Sparrow, it, I listed it as The Sparrow, and I was like, that is how shit gets bought twice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't do that, so I've had to held it up. Uh, and get a rename that shit. All right. So Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle has won one Oscar, and that's for uh, movie six. We'll talk about that when we get there. Uh, but he certainly deserved Oscars for several of these, and he's been nominated a shitload. I, th- I think it's he's the type of director that just gets nominated for everything now because well, it just puts a high level of. Uh, here's my in take there. on that. He, when I think of Danny Boyle, the very first thing that comes to mind is, man, this guy gets great scripts. Yeah. This guy gets some great scripts. Absolutely. That Either last he holds one out specifically. Or he's lucky or yeah. he's just in the right network. I don't yeah. know what it is. He he's been gets, attached to several things too. I'm pretty sure he was scripts. attached to the Bond movie that's coming yeah. out. And I, I, he ended up pulling out of it for whatever reason. I'm sure, it's a, I'm sure it's a clusterfuck <laughs> to be dealing with like oh, the, the broccolis and yeah. all, all There's those. There's a reason why Daniel Craig wanted out like two Bonds ago. Yeah, man. I, I feel bad for him. Yeah, any of those big franchises you get, you end they, up getting get, a part of, part you get of your locked soul into it. Cut yeah, off. And you just fed to the sharks with freaking lasers. My manager just needs to show me my uh, my bottom line yeah. on my on my bank. Show my bank account again. Right. Oh, I feel good again. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll jump off that building again. <laughs> I'll film that movie in space. <laughs> So Shallow Grave, it's great, and he's got a great connection, obviously, with Ewan McGregor. Probably mm-hmm. has done more movies with Ewan McGregor and Killian Murphy, Murphy are are two of the big guys that he does uh, movies with. Uh, but I love this first one. So if you haven't seen Shallow Grave, great thriller, great mystery Set type in, of like, thing. London, right? Yep, every all his movies are like. I mean, he's very Scottish. Uh, while Train Spotting was Scottish, I think Danny Boyle's English. He's English. So most of his movies 
almost all of his he movies. Calls British. Uh, not until like a little bit of the later ones. He had done a couple American ones, like the Steve Jobs obviously was, and Sunshine starred a lot of different people. But a lot of the times, it's and it's where he lives. It makes sense. It's where I'd be wanting to make movies. <laughs> then again, if I had the money, I'd be making every movie, a different movie in a different country every time I did. If I was, if know? I had the money to make movies, yeah. my movie. Schedule would be uh, like a born identity. Oh yeah, like all oh, those yeah. crazy. Oh, we're in South Ukrainian Africa, then we're in there, and, and yeah, there. for sure. Well, this was a great story, and I love talking about Shallow Grave because it's one of those movies that a lot of people haven't seen, and I usually have to introduce them to it. Uh, and to give you a kind of point of reference, this was two years before Train Spotting, which is really where Denny Boyle's kind of career went off. Most people saw Train Spotting, and they went back and saw Shallow Grave. I got lucky and just saw it saw it on a lark one day. And so you've got these four, uh, you've got these three flatmates. Uh, I'm not sure who the the female is, but the uh, the other guy is. Uh, I think his name is Christopher Eccleston. He played. Uh, Dead, no, he was in uh, 28 Days Later. He played the main military guy. Oh yeah. He yeah, also yeah. played mm-hmm. Destro yep. in uh, the GI Joe yeah, movie yeah. and that Gone in 60 Seconds. He played a carpenter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's very recognizable if you you saw him. He's he's really really good, and uh, so he's been in several Danny Boyle movies too. So they're three flatmates, and they're all work in the medical health kind of industry. They're all like uh, nurses or uh, or just kind of uh, studying to be doctors, and uh, they're kind of assholes, you know. Yeah. And at the very beginning, they're interviewing flatmates, and they're just fucking with them, man. And yeah. they're they're. Like they're inviting people over, and they were like, "What makes you think people like us would even want to uh, live or be in the room with people like you?" And then they laugh at him and kick him out, and you're like, "Man, these guys are a bunch of pricks." I think they and, had to establish that early on, yeah, so yeah. you didn't feel so bad. They were just in. On. They had a good friendship at the beginning of the movie. There's, a lot of this movie is this friendship deteriorating yeah. big mm-hmm. time. Uh, what's great is they were done with the interviews and they had one last guy come in and uh, he he seemed straight up uh, and you could tell already that this was a guy that they weren't going to fuck with. Not that he looked tough or anything, but he was just, he was wearing a suit and he kind of carried himself a little different than the people they were kind of interviewing. And he just talked to that, uh, the one girl and he says, I can give you the, the rent uh, for the next like six months uh, ahead of time. And they're like, let's do it. And so kind of the movie goes on and they start doing their stuff and they don't hear anything from this guy. And at some point, they have like one of those, uh, what are they, transoms, like the uh, the window above the door that if you were to oh, actually yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. hike yourself up yeah, to yeah. it, you could see into it. And uh, eventually, they don't hear from him, and they're, they're they're pretty sure he's in the room. So they're like knocking on his door, hey, you in there, you all right? And then he, they look in there, and they could see something, but they're not quite sure what it was. And then they eventually bust down the door. When they bust down the door, he is completely naked on the bed dead as shit wouldn't you have smelt them you would think so it must have been just a, a little while that it happened because eventually you would think they would then again being medical students maybe then you'd think they'd be able to identify the smell more than anybody but so. they break in there and they're about to call the cops and they were like oh this is fucked up let's call the cops and then they were like well hold the phone because <laughs> under the bed they pull out his suitcase and he's got i'm not sure how much money it was but it was a shit it was, it was a suitcase full suitcase of money i go to bed every night <laughs> Dreaming that I'll find a dead roommate the next time. Yeah, (laughs) even one that I could kill and get away with. For this movie wouldn't have been a money. moral con- quandary for you. No, I was. That's what I said earlier. There was no quandary. <laughs> there was no quandary. Give up. <laughs> Go sell pot. Go do it. No more window love. Go sell like, it. Just like, um, just like simple plan. I'd have found the bag and I would have went boom. boom. <laughs> <laughs> Buried it. I'll see you in five yep, years. Exactly. That's how you do it. You got to make uh, sure it's packed good though yeah and it, this is one of those ones that it, it's fun to watch because it's one of those things what would you do you know type what, of situations I mean, there's nothing that, that 
puts the relationship in jeopardy more than greed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So what what happens is they all have this question. He says, well, you know, if we call the cops, the cops are going to take the money. Uh, right. it, obviously, this belongs to somebody, but uh, maybe it belongs to the mob or whatever. He says, and they've come up with the idea, well, let's let's all agree to chop the body up and bury him in the woods. <laughs> That's where the idea comes. And w- when it gets a little difficult is when they they realize, well, who's going to do it? And one of them's like, well, I don't want to do it. And he says, well, one of us has to do it. And he says, let's draw straws. And it, if you were to look at these three people, you've got the, the strong female character. you got Ewan McGregor. who seems mm-hmm. like he's in charge of anything. And then you kind of got the mild-mannered guy that you played by. You know he's by, pulling that straw. You know he's pulling that fucking <laughs> straw, man. He, and he pulls it. And there's a crazy scene in the woods, like, lit with like red light mm-hmm. and he's just sawing man and he is throwing up and he's sawing and he's sawing and, and it's, it's, it's friggin it, it's horrible it looks brutal as shit dude and so they end up doing it and it changes this guy like immediately like a switch goes off in his yeah. eyes that he is not all right with this and then that's where the game starts you know where i don't trust you i don't trust him maybe i'll sleep with him so he'll trust me more type of thing and to the point where it gets so bad that christopher eccleson uh goes into the ceiling he goes into the uh he pulls down in the attic he's got one of those kind of pull down down, drop down staircase types of things and he uh he goes into the attic and he starts drilling holes in like probably 30 holes in every room keep an eye so he can just scamper like a rat and keep an eye on everyone (laughs) and he brings the money up there he bring he has it's it's the weirdest thing there is like a chest full of water up in the attic I don't know, maybe this is a British thing, I don't know. <laughs> but they open the, he opens it, he wraps the um, the suitcase and trash bags real tight, and he submerges it in the water. So it's up there. And during this whole thing, we start seeing the guys who are looking for the money. We Gradually, we see them going around and torturing people and working from one to another. And one of them is the guy we'll talk about in the next movie is the uh, the cook from Train Spotting. Who, mother? Uh, mother, yeah. Who also plays Mullen, uh, I think his name is, uh, he does a lot of fucking movies now in tv shows i've seen him a, a, a great deal what's the one show that we were just watching him in oh westworld he's in westworld he played one of the main guys in there and we, he was also in that uh top of the lake do you ever see that mm-hmm. with uh, elizabeth moss mm-hmm. very strong accent uh very menacing type character and uh there's a great scene where they finally uh show up at the flat and one of them goes up into the attic and you see this great wide shot uh of the entire living room in the hole you see in the uh in the ceiling and all of a sudden someone's body just boom, drops down out of the uh hole in the ceiling and falls on the ground it's one of the guys so Christopher Eccleston had killed him up there uh and it just it's an exciting freaking movie man and they're they're turning on each other and you don't know who to trust and the the money just turns people kind of pissed off and angry you know and they were not smart about it. it. It's one of those things that on paper always seems like an easy thing to do. You know, there's one you take a dart and you throw it at a map. Yeah. And you move to that place. Yep. And you never contact anybody ever again. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's how you get rid. And then because I mean, people are waiting for you to make a mistake. Yeah. I mean, and they'll Plus, they're gonna know where you if if you don't do that. Yeah. They're gonna know where you're going. Yeah. I mean, people go where there's. Uh, oh, they won't see me here. My cousin lives here. Yeah. yeah they're not gonna they figure know. that one out. Figure oh, that. Or I went on my vacation in Iceland, so I'm gonna move yeah. to Iceland. Mm-hmm. No. You need you need to go yeah. to Timbuktu and <laughs> Park <laughs> City. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you like sand? 
Because <laughs> you're going to be there sucking sand and eating some of this <laughs> horrible food with all your money. But <laughs> that's all right. You'll get away with it. That's for sure. <laughs> Crawl out in ten years. So. Pesos ten to one, man. You can. Yeah. What's you, that uh, one guy that uh, that eluded the FBI and jumped out of the? Uh, yeah, DB Cooper. He just took his millions. About that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he he's gone, man. We'll never see him again. Uh, and there's always like that. Uh, who is DB Cooper? Remember they did it on news radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they still have stories about him. Yep. They found some cereal, some of the money in, yeah. in the woods, and they think... They think he jumped out of an airplane with the money, He did right? jump out he of did the jump airplane. He did jump in the airplane with the money. He well, did I was, that. I was correct then. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not... Have they done a movie about that? I'm sure. God, I don't, I don't think I've ever he jumped, heard it. He jumped pretty high, so they were unsure whether he would have lost consciousness to be able to even pull his shoot. Yeah, well, that's the type of thing. It's it's the whole Amelia Earhart type like of thing. He had, the, he had the plan. Yeah. Like, they didn't account for that. Yeah. Like... They were just going to wait for the plan to land and then arrest him. And then, and even if it happens, I mean, unless, I mean, maybe they have DNA, they could prove it. But I'm sure there's been several people that have come by and claimed they're D.B. Cooper when they yeah, really haven't yeah. been. Yep. Jimmy James. Jimmy James. <laughs> that was one of the best episodes on news radio <laughs> where he says, I'm D.B. Cooper. He says, wait, you're D.B. Cooper? <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. And this one is a great one. And I actually read the book of this, which was friggin' difficult. Let me tell you, anytime you get a book that has a glossary in the back for the terms that you don't recognize, because yeah. this was uh, this was Erwin Welsh who did the the book for Train Spotting, And it's just such the whole movie's done in like Scottish twang and slang and you you don't understand half the words they're saying in it I, i'm pretty sure i read it after seeing the movie so it helped a lot i like these i like these movies because it gives me a glimpse into a world that yeah. i've never i can't i've I, never done heroin yeah you could say that about a lot of movies like, you know i read junkie oh man yeah and probably around the same time mm. as this movie came out yeah. and it was like crazy the the lengths that people go to to oh, feel yeah better than they feel yeah and then I mean, the addiction that comes along with it but i mean yeah. this is a, i mean when you get addicted nothing's more addicted than heroin you know uh, why do you what was the the term why do you, you don't need reason when you have heroin uh <laughs> <laughs> and that i love uh that whole choose life choose this that whole speech that they ended up uh, redoing in uh, yeah, yeah. in uh, the second one but that first one was just so good and if you haven't seen it and it's disturbing there's there's certainly some disturbing parts of it i think they've gone well beyond at the time when this came out it was probably one of the more yeah. disturbing drug but movies now but now it's it's been eclipsed once requiem came out yeah. it's going to be hard to beat requiem because requiem did not there was a lot of good fun and comedic they stuff were... in train spotting it was a fun ass movie along with being a, a de- a it had some, it it had had some, some stuff I went, had to look away. Yeah. The, when he when he when he spent when uh, the real thin guy, the real thin guy. Oh, uh, Spud. Spud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he stayed the night at that girl's house. Oh, see, that was the one of the funny parts. And he that's had the, that's not he the part. He the bed and he had the. I can't watch that, man. <laughs> the correct <laughs> the correct thing for you to say the, was the dead baby. The baby on the on ceiling. ceiling but, <laughs> I just don't want to see someone get shit poured on him. Oh. <laughs> That he seems... has a lot of shit in his movies too. There's another movie on here yeah, where yeah. someone's completely covered with shit. Oh man! <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. That's a hard one to talk about too. But uh, so you've got you've got four or five friends. So you've got Ren, played by Ewan McGregor. You got Sick Boy. Uh, shit, I, I won't get a lot of their real actors' names right, but it's the guy from Hackers, and he's yeah. done a whole lot of stuff. He, he's actually in TV. I think he plays in that Elementary uh, show where I think he plays kind of the the Sherlock character. Uh, so he, so you got Ren, you got Sick Boy, you got Spud, you have Begbie, and you have the, the, and Tommy, the, the, the one who died. Guy. What? The what? But Begbie. Begbie. He's yeah. the lighthearted guy. Oh, man. 
or what was it? They also called him something else. Uh, Franco. They Franco. called him Franco, and they also called him Begbie. He was crazy shit. Robert Carlyle. The first thing I had, most people had seen Robert yeah. Carlyle, and you were like, who is this crazy He's fuck? When, when you saw this movie, you, it was one of those situations where you thought that they got the real guy. You were like, oh, this isn't an actor. This is like yeah, a crazy went, fuck yeah. that one of them knows the, the, that the they guy, put in like the movie. Like the guy from Machete. Like he the, he had the background. I don't, I've don't. i never seen Machete. Which guy? Oh, oh, you mean the Machete guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, Danny Trejo. Danny yeah, Trejo. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's the real dude. For sure. Yeah. Well, he technically, he is kind of the real dude. <laughs> Robert Carlyle is like a, a British trained actor who we didn't realize was in the full Monty when you were watching. Yeah. Uh, when he probably, you were, did, the train he's probably did lots of theater. No, he's just really good. <laughs> just I really mean, good. he just really fell into this role and he is scary. He, he played that type of character in this movie. And I'm pretty sure Justin hasn't seen this movie. And Justin, I implore you, if it, there's a lot of drug movies you should, you should avoid. I know you're not a big fan of the drug movies uh but there are some of them that are that so true? important or such a big kind of uh spot on movie history and train spotting is one of them and train spotting too is almost as enjoyable to me not as quite because i grew up watching train spotting the first one a lot we watched a lot with the friends when we were hanging out the house and uh but they created so many great characters with this in the situations and it was simple you know you were just watching these five friends kind of spiral out of control because of heroin use and you were seeing them all individually kind of fuck up their lives and uh you got to see him go out to clubs you know and and you got ready for the clubs and they were all uh like that first kind of scene where they were all trying to hook up with a different girl and they all went home and tommy went home tommy was the one who had a girlfriend but uh ren ended up going home with that uh girl who ended up being in uh, uh boardwalk empire who who got really famous yeah, after she this was movie too she was really great in this movie and it Everyone, everyone, shocking moment. it was a great shocking moment because he, he got up in the morning and she's dressed in her like schoolgirl outfit and you yeah. realize that he's, he's at their parents' house, yeah. at her parents' house and she's like 16 or something like yeah. that. And I don't know what the, the age of consent is in Scotland, but it's, it's different probably, uh, yeah, I mean, it might be 16, but it's still probably, he certainly didn't think he was going home with a 16 year old. Yeah. And the parents didn't seem the, to mind. Obviously the best one was the sick boy ah. one. You want to talk about the sick boy one? The one with the kittens? No, well, God, that's the Tommy one. That was later on. Uh, no, Sick Boy's the one with the uh, with the with the sheets. No, I don't. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it. You go ahead. <laughs> I already did. That's I preempted the song. So it, it's funny. It, it's funny and it's and it's horrifying all at the same time. But uh, they were all partying the night before. He goes home with this girl, and I I think he he knew her. This girl too. This was a girl that he mm-hmm. was dating because when he went downstairs, the the parents kind of knew him. Yeah. And what had happened is during the middle of the night, he shit the bed. And he takes the sheets off and he's got them all kind of wrapped up and he comes downstairs and they're all around the breakfast table eating. And he, he was like, I, I kind of had an accident. And he says, maybe I can use your thing. And, uh, he's like, Oh, these things happen. I'll take care of it. And, he, and I think she thought maybe he pissed the, pissed the sheets or something or threw up on the sheets and she, and he's pulling them away from her and she's trying to pull from him. And she's like, no, they're my sheets. I'll take care of them. And all of a sudden the sheets get opened up and shit just covers the entire family as they're eating their like bangers and mash <laughs> and it was so gross but it was so hilarious all at the same time and then it kind of busted into how they were showing the fun stuff about heroin oh we're all hanging out together and we're all Is kind of uh, i'm sure for the first fucking uh um when you the drop that plunger and you enjoy uh i mean and you enjoy it, but this, the problem was the aftermath with that kind of is really, really I was bad. in the hospital, and this is probably as close as I would ever feel that that would be is when I got bit by that dog. Yeah, and they, they gave me on a morphine drip. Yeah, yeah. Some of those are but strong, mostly man. Mostly it would just, I would pass out. Yeah. And 
from what I've heard, heroin is one of those drugs that will not shut down any of your your organs. So you can actually do it a lot more. The problem is you, you end up doing so much that it... Uh, I, I don't know what it actually it kills you, you, but it doesn't. It, you it doesn't affect you. So it, that's the reason, like people like Tommy Lee or uh, Keith Richards uh, have been able to do heroin. And if you quit it, then your your body doesn't. I, I don't think is as affected with it as much in the long run from it. Yeah, but the problem yeah. is, is you, most well, nowadays don't get they off mix it. it with fentanyl, and then oh Jesus, and yeah. then now yeah. that's yeah. just stops your. Your Shit, there's certain system, fentanyl that you, if you touch it, you die. It's it's oh, like, cops will yeah, cops go will, grab a bag out of the back seat of a suspect's not car, not knowing and what it is, and then hands, and yep. then go into cardiac arrest. Yeah, it's and, crazy. It's crazy stuff. So some of the more difficult stuff on this movie is watching him kick it, and they they do a great job, man. They they the parents bring Ren home and they lock him in that room. Fucking boards up and, his bedroom door. He boards up his uh, door, and then they. Uh, they're trying to bring him food and everything, but they do some really great camera stuff where they make the room look like it's spinning. They make mm. the room like it's elongated and he can't get out. And he, uh, There's some really horrific stuff with Begbie in this movie. Uh, never did they... And they've done it really well in movies before where they've created that one character that you know that you couldn't even be in the room with that guy. Mm-hmm. You, you're you so scared of him. He's not a serial killer and he's not a monster, but in a way he kind of like is. It's like that kid from Port Charlotte that's got... Yeah, yeah. We, we knew a kid in high school and i hung out with him a couple times and uh he He's ended in jail up for serial killing yeah him and his brother ended up being a serial killer and it did not surprise any of us when it yeah, happened but like, oh, yeah. we, we had hung out with him with somebody else once I'm sure and we, i want to remember when we watched him like kick that person through the car window at like a, a, yeah, gas, yeah, station, a gas station and just tried to pull him out and like this guy's just crazy man we just got to get the hell away from him and that's how begbie was and it it uh We'll have to mention a little bit how this movie ends because it kind of will bring us back later on to the uh, to the second one. So what happens at the very end is they ended up coming up with this great drug deal. They end up going from one country to another and they, they get the heroin, they sell it, it's going to fix everybody up and the deal goes through. And while they go back to the hotel and they're sleeping, Ren sneaks out with the money. He, he takes all <laughs> the money and... Uh, What's his name? Spud sees him leave, and he he kind of uh, he kind of nods his head to him and everything. And later on, the right before the kind of movie ends, you realize that Ren had taken all the money. He gets on a, a friggin' uh, train and he leaves, but he left Spud like a big chunk of money in like a safety deposit box, and you get to see Spud go in there and grab the money and everything, which not really the brightest idea to somebody who is still on heroin because obviously yeah. Spud's going to go do it. But he, he felt out. really bad about screwing him over. He didn't feel as bad about screwing over uh, Sick Boy because Sick Boy had some uh, moments where he was a real asshole, and, and Begbie no one felt problem with, other than maybe this guy's going to come back and kill us. But he was going to try to come Yeah, he, he, was, he was pissed. They <laughs> When they woke up and he realized the money was gone, he's trashing a room, and you're like, "Holy shit, this is crazy!" So, it, it's a it's a whirlwind of a movie for sure. You get to see a lot of stuff. It, it's also the type of movie that you might even have to watch with subtitles on because the the slang is just so thick at times. Like Begbie, you can hardly understand it, a word he's saying half the time unless you have the the subtitles on. It's, it's always interesting. Don't care about anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like put the put the, the subtitles on for Snatch. You were like, "Holy crap!" I'm not even sure. I don't think I've ever listened to the subtitles on Snatch. I'm wondering how they. Subtitle them. Probably indistinguishable uh, chatter is what they put <laughs> onto there. Something like that. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Now, uh, this next movie. And this is where there was a lot of these movies I saw in the theater. Some of them I didn't, but this next one was one I was super excited to see. Everyone was. Uh, the when 
after the 2000s hit, everyone was excited <clears throat> with a lot of the new kind of horror movies that were coming out. And, uh, and <clears throat> this was a, was a zombie movie. It was a new movie. take on a zombie movie. Yeah, and it had been a while. It's not like and, today where you've seen so many zombie movies where and people are like, give they, it a break. They, they sort of even didn't call it zombies. No. They called it rage, remember? Yeah, and they, it was an infection type of yeah. thing where a lot of times it was, they don't throw, they'll say the Z word. <laughs> uh, so this was 28 Days Later, 2002, and he did not do the sequel. A lot of people are confused that he did 28 Weeks Later. He didn't. Uh, he only did 28 Days Later. Uh, both great movies. Stream I, I love uh, I love two, though. Yeah, so and so Jeremy Renner. was in number two. Remember, he was the one. Uh, that's that right. The beginning. His wife over. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, that was difficult. Too, at the beginning of that one. That was the the best thing about that movie was the first like ten minutes. Oh, really good. And that and that. I remember seeing that first ten minutes in the theater. And I was like, holy shit, this movie's gonna be a whirlwind. Well, let's go back to Twenty Eight Days Later because this was what was crazy. And like you said, it was that rage drug in that scene at the beginning where they showed those animal activists yeah. kind of breaking yeah. into the lab. Mm-hmm. They did the monkey cam. They did like from the monkey perspective one yeah. of the shots. I, I loved it when you saw the one. Uh, the one scientist just like just had entered yeah. the room after they were already in there. He's like, you can't do that. You don't know what they're doing. These these monkeys are infected. And they're infected with some bad shit. And these animal activists are like, these monkeys don't deserve to be in a cage and everything. He said, yeah, you should be yeah. aware of what you're letting out here. I'm pretty sure these monkeys deserve being in uh, cages. Yeah, like you said, they had the they had like the monkey shines monkey cam. Yeah, <laughs> it was like red. Like, oh yeah, coming down and and chased down. And these people. monkeys just like slaughtered these guys. It was a new take on that genre. And the thing that I liked about it is it took seconds. Yeah. Like literal seconds. Like I yeah. think they were saying 12 seconds or maybe it was even six seconds. It was, yeah. it was insane to the point where they would be able to count. There was that great scene later on, not to jump forward, but where the guy jumped in the, when it was just uh, Killian and the, the black girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a third guy yeah. with him. And someone they jumped the through house. the window mm-hmm. and they jumped through the house. And you literally, he, he got bitten. You looked at the arm and they were like almost she, counting. Uh, she turned around with him yeah hatchet. just hacked, just hacked his arm start. off because that, like you said that was the new take on this movie is you have seconds to to yeah. to kill and the they person run like you. Motherfucker. oh god there's not the george romero's obviously you just push him out of the way <laughs> yeah and people like there's a, some purists who were like ah, i don't like my zombies to be like that fuck that man that's scary my zombies like there's that. that scene in the tunnel he says this is a shit idea yeah. he says you know why this is a shit idea because yeah. it is a shit idea yeah. where they had to get out of the car and oh god never get out of the car so or the boat so they show that great scene at the beginning with the monkeys mm-hmm. and everything, and then they kind of jump forward yeah. with Killian Murphy just waking up, very similar to I, I think uh, Walking Dead like, really stole the this. kind of the kind of idea with Killian Murphy waking up in the hospital and no one being there, you know, and uh, it, the same with Andrew Lincoln waking up in the hospital. Uh, Rick he Grimes was a bike messenger, right? And uh, he got hit by a car. He's yeah, a bike message. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the 28 days he later. Was in a coma. So he woke up like completely naked on a fucking stretcher, not knowing what the hell happened. Yeah. He had to like pull, pull his, his IV, IV out, out of his, his arm. arm. And <clears throat> then he walked out and there's some great scenes. Obviously, uh, Danny Boyle had to shoot at night I was, in London, they, early in the morning. Sunday morning, I watched a documentary yeah. that talked about that oh, cool. one shot when yeah. he walked across the London. Um, that bridge, yeah. The famous bridge near Big Ben. And they did the big aerial shot, and it was just yes. desolate. 
And it's like, how do they get that? Yeah, they just had to have certain things shut down, and they probably had a window like, of ten one minutes. Take, yeah, yeah ten one minutes. take, get it, look Old around, traffic back. Yeah, and great scenes where he's just like in his like almost like OR scrubs, yep. just walking down with a bag full of shit, trying to figure out what what to do, and he ends up coming across a couple different people, and that's how. That's the first time I ever saw. Uh, Brendan. Oh, Gleason. Gleason. Yep. And he had done several things. I'm but, sure. Uh, and I probably saw him before, but it, it definitely brought him into the kind awesome of limelight because he had a very unique look to him. And you're like, oh, this guy has that kind of lovable kind of teddy bear type yeah. of look. And you could tell that. And he's played evil sons of bitches over the years, and he's played yeah. really sweet guys. This was more of one of his sweet ones. But this was this was a situation that you didn't know. And like with most zombie movies, that. Once you're locked up with somebody, then you've got to worry about the actual person yeah. more than the zombie I mean, itself. That's kind of what Walking Dead became after a while. Yeah. It was like the zombies were something oh, yeah. you had to worry about. It was about, so you secondary. Had to, you had to worry more about the the cannibal marauders. <laughs> yeah, or the Negans who are going to smash your head in, or the people wearing zombie skins all over. It's just gone <laughs> so many crazy places. But this was in the early time uh, where. Like when Brandon Gleason saw them, didn't he like he had like he had a that light suit? Yeah, that suit was crazy, man. But he didn't he like he, he, he had a light. He had a light he was that tried to signal to, to signal people to come. I mean, up. there wasn't many people left. No, there wasn't. And so and the broadcasting there was that broadcast that said "Come to somewhere." I can't remember exactly yeah. what it said. Like that was after they had gotten that was after Brandon. But so he had connected. Killian had uh, hooked up with the uh, with the black girl and with the, uh, another guy, and the guy ended up dying. And uh, the the black girl and Killian ended up seeing the kind of uh, the lights that Brendan uh, Gleason was trying to get uh, in touch with them. And send. they went into that building. And remember, he he opened that door and he's wearing a full riot gear and he's like, "Get up the stairs now!" And they were coming at they were coming at him, man. And these, like I said, these aren't like when you say fast zombies, it's almost not even like, like a, it's like if these are Usain like, Bolt became a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> it totally if you made insane bolt. They, these guys had like human, yeah. superhuman mm-hmm. strength. They were like pulling down uh, fucking doors with their claws and shit like that. It was bad stuff. It was a really great kind of scary uh, infection that you didn't want. And there was that great scene where that drop of blood oh, fell in crow. Brandon Gleason's eye. Uh, uh, he was just fell like, into his eye at the end. Because remember, Brandon Gleason had his kid too. Yep. And he was he had enough wherewithal to like keep her away, you know, like that. And for like two seconds, he had five seconds to get right with your maker all of a sudden he got shot yeah that last third of the movie was was was, was dark man it was was disturbing basically they found the compound and then the guys military with the military and they were surviving pretty well yeah and they were like oh you brought girls good we're gonna take these girls now and we're gonna rebuild the population (laughs) you should Uh, wait a little bit (laughs) yeah it's unwilling to them they don't want this obviously and one of the girls is like 13. 13 or 14. And so at that point, they were like, oh my God, we got to protect these girls from these kind of uh, psychotic, horny, mili- horny <laughs> psychotic soldiers that I are didn't just. didn't think they were going to see women again. Yeah, you know, well, we thought we were safe coming here. Now we have a whole new set of problems. It, it, it's weird when you when you think the apocalypse, it's not like one problem. It's like, okay, fast zombies, like super fast zombies is one problem. And then you've got a lack of food, you've got a lack of water, you've got, and, and then you've got that crazy element of people just kind of surviving or using their baser instincts and going back to like kind of caveman times and uh i mean scary man scary like like now yeah 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 yeah. i mean you know when i mean caveman times it's just like 
you know, you can't push an old person down and, and watch yeah. his head bleed and just walk by him. Who, in what world is that fucking acceptable? That you got to see thirty cops just walk by this poor bastard who who doesn't kneel down and try to see if this guy's all right? I mean, that's scary. I don't want to live in a world where someone doesn't kneel down and try to uh, help somebody. I just can't do it. I couldn't imagine being in that situation and not wanting to uh, go there and help him. And and same with this, like with Brendan Gleeson. I mean, it probably ended up getting him and his uh, daughter ended up... Uh, did she make it through this? She made it. She made it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, letting new people in, it's got to be a scary kind of thing because it's not always going to work for you. And I was super excited when 28 Weeks Later came in. And like I said, not Danny Boyle, but it was very, it was very right. well done. It wasn't well as good done. as a lot of people, A lot of people love it more than the first one. I, I'm kind of OG in the style yeah. that I, I like I mean, that I, first one. I've seen it several times. Yeah. I liked Stringer Bell. Who was uh, Patrick, our uh, our old uh, buddy and camera guy who worked on all our movies? He fucking loved 28 Weeks Later. It was one of his favorite movies. Remember you used to it's play it, it over your house? Sn- there was a lot of sniper stuff. I think he liked yeah, there the was sniper a, stuff. Camera, he was a camera guy, so yeah. he was really impressed with the camera angles and stuff. I always was waiting for 28 years later. So Are you Facebook friends with him? Uh, yeah. He's yeah. a crazy person. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know if I follow his timeline. Uh, I'm pretty sure I does. I, I do. I just don't think he uh, he posts a whole lot. He does a lot of there. conspiracy theory. Oh, does stuff. he? Yeah. It's just it's like <laughs> God love you, but uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, take that with a grain of salt. So yeah, I was always actually I jumped to years. I'm, I'm waiting for a 28 months later, man. I mean, come on. We we should be about time right for a 28 months later, so. <laughs> I mean, Danny Boyle doesn't do I would say he doesn't do many sequels. He's only done one, really. So, I mean, he took he takes some time off every once in a while. Yeah, he does. He doesn't years. have a whole lot of movies between. Uh, I mean, these movies are uh, other than a couple, other than like Trance, and there was a, it was one or two more movies he had done on here that I had left off just for time restraints. But uh, yeah, he looks like he's or he just takes time making them too. All right, this next movie, and this was a movie that I saw. I saw real early on when it came out, and it was one of those movies I don't think anyone saw. I ended up seeing it with that girl I was dating at the time, Marcy. We, I remember watching it at my house. Never we had, I rented it. it. Until you uh, yeah, I had rented it, and I knew that Danny Boyle had done it, and I knew that a lot of people were talking about it, and it was really great. And it was 2004, it was millions. Mm-hmm. Really great, man. This kid must kid be this kid must be an adult now. I mean, 16. Oh, yeah. He's got to be in like his 30s almost now. Right, no, 28? Yeah, he's probably 25, 28 or something, because he was probably... T- what do you would you say seven or eight the older one no the the, the star of the one really well there was two kids yeah but the, the younger the saints, one the one that saw the saints or the other yeah the one who had the tent and found the money okay yeah, yeah. he was he was probably, he was probably seven, seven or eight and his brother was like 10 or 11 10 or 11 so why don't you tell us a little bit what's going on with this so it, it has a supernatural element to it, it does it does a little bit kind of a fantasy type of thing <clears throat> and it, it's all so it's a single over. dad raising two boys mm-hmm. the mother died yeah i don't know if they told exactly why how she died but uh yeah i'm not sure she died and uh she did the little kid obviously was traumatized yeah and he keeps thinking his mom is going to be a saint he's very religious this yeah. little kid like oh yeah his very not. religious and his brother kind of kind of hinders <laughs> hinders yeah, yeah, him yeah or the rest of so the he he uh he uh they moved into a new house and uh, he took all the boxes from like all the appliances mm-hmm. like we used to do. That was fun, man. When you got oh yeah, when you got a new refrigerator, oh, shit, man. It's all that's about like the box. Fort time, man. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Well, he built this great fort. Well, you should mention the time period this was happening with the euro. You know, it, the, it, it, but because I was never aware, it didn't. It, didn't, it, it was fake. The, the euro, they never went on the euro. London never went. England never changed to the euro. Oh, oh, I thought this was no, like this a, is a, they they everybody else in Europe did except for. 
England. So that was this so was, was this told before fictional. that was happening? No, it, it was during that time period, but okay. they made up the fact that England was going to the Euro because yeah. they didn't. They stayed with the pound. Okay, they and they, the and they were saying in the movie at least, that yeah. if uh, by a certain date you had well, to, there you had to was transfer countries, all your money. yeah, you had to spend all your uh, for franc old money, yeah, or Deutschmarks for Germany franc and lira for in- Italy. Yeah. So it banks this, were filled with people who were trying yeah, to just. They cash did this in, in India too, where like people were freaking out because yeah. India, the right, lower class too. in India uses cash more than anything. Yeah. Right? And uh, and they would have brought they would have given you the euros and everything, but you just have to get at the bank. Yeah, and you, you got to do it. And a lot bank. of people waited until. Yeah. And this was dealing with like you. It was like what three or four days left before yep. you could do it. And they had that creepy commercial with the old dude and the hot young woman. Yeah. That, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but tell us. So tell us about the trains. Okay. Then. So so the kid the... the kid built his. So first, I'll tell you about the kid. He built like his his little fort by the edge of the railroad. All of a sudden, he's in his fort one day, pontificating about uh, saints, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, as one does, as one does, <clears throat> and uh, this giant bag of money. See, I dream about this every day yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> giant bag of money just comes flying out of the sky. Yeah. He thinks it's answer to his prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in there <laughs> um, praying to saints. So you find out that there was this great robbery. Yeah, where they faked stealing money from a car. So that they could hide somebody on the train where all the money was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was this person that was hiding on the train just kept throwing these duffel bags of money yeah. out at different stops. And he happened to be on one of the routes. Yeah. Where, so when there were other people waiting for that money to I'm fall I'm pretty off sure the Robert Carlyle was the guy that came and looked for him. Really? Like with heavy makeup on. No, know. not like the guy that's repetitive through the movie. Yeah. No, I don't think that was him. I yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not Robert Carlyle. I'll look while you're talking. Okay. So... So the kid finds the money. He uh, tells his brother, and his brother's like, "He's like, well, we're not going to tell our dad because then they're going to make us pay taxes on it." The brother was very smart. He wanted to buy real estate with it. The brother was really clever. It was yeah. really fun. There was a lot of stuff. There in was the a school. lot of stuff. Oh, when they went into the, they had this. Remember the trash can robot that went around collecting. Uh, oh, that's so weird. Collecting too. pennies and in, in dollars or pounds. To um, now, Christopher Fulford played the man. Okay, is who they were looking at. So there was somebody after him because he he sort of knew that uh, they had found the bag. Yeah, well, they, 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 were right they knew the where it was supposed to land. So yeah. and when it wasn't there, and then the kids uh, and he kind of played off as like a homeless person because well he. The kid said, "I'll bring you need money. I'll bring you money. We got lots of it." Yeah. And then the, and the brother, said, "Why do you have to tell him that?" So his brother came back with like their coin jar yeah. and said, "Here, see, I told you we had lots of money. You yeah. can have it." And he, you thought he got him out of yeah. A jam. It's pretty smart. I mean, but, to yeah. do as a as, as a kid, we're like, oh, obviously that's the money he was talking about. So, Kids have no concept. So the 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 little kid is just giving money away. Remember, he gave yeah. it once to the Mormons. Gave it to the Mormons. He gave, but he he had a thousand pounds. Wrapped up in a wad, yeah. and he put it in that trash can yep. that the lady at the school was collecting. Just everybody money he was for giving charity. it to everyone. Yeah. He was throwing. He was putting it in like their in mail shoots. Yeah, mail shoots. And, and they had member. But it kept seeing these saints, yep. and the saints would come and and uh, there was one guy from the name of the father was was one of the saints mm-hmm. uh, with a heavy Irish accent. And uh, but there was all the. It, it was a super fun movie. The little kid was. Is such a great, really actor. good, really good actor. I don't know what that kid went on to the, do afterwards. Both those. The kids cool were really thing good. was, is eventually they told their dad. Yeah. 
and uh, the dad's like, well, we're going to keep this money. <laughs> <laughs> Should have went to me first, yeah. motherfuckers. So they realize they got to go and exchange it. But yeah. they also realize that they're going to be on the radar if they come in yeah. with with tens and hundreds of thousands of they also got the pounds. they got the problem with the the little kid has a major conscience like he said he's very religious yeah, well, he has a major he conscience he finds out it he, was stolen he thought it was he from even god he said he said that this was a gift from god yeah. and i guess you someone at that point should have said well it was yes. for us yes <laughs> he works in mysterious ways yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't question him god if you want to throw a bag I'll of money i'll show my you way, right in the bible i'll where make it says, sure that that money gets used for the best possible purposes. Yeah, I know, man. And uh, yeah, we won't ruin the ending, but it, it was a fun it's man. A it, fun it was movie. it was a very fun movie that had a uh, almost a, adult themes, but it also had like a kids themes kind of wrapped. It's into literally it. his only fun movie, except number ten. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, like everything most else of his is movies pretty have, depressing. It's pretty depressing. Like, I mean, death, drugs, death. Uh, torture, torture, <laughs> self mutilation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, God damn, Danny Boyle. Even number done. eight was even number eight wasn't fun. Yeah, no, that was like a psychological yeah. fuck. And it, yeah, it was. You're a dark motherfucker, Danny Boyle. What I can mean, I say? he's he's from Britain. Yeah, they, I know. They have a. We got nothing to cheer about here. Yeah, look at shut up, drink your Guinness. <laughs> you, you're gonna die anyways. Grace, <laughs> Grace, guys, you got anything to cl- declare? <laughs> yeah, don't go to don't fucking go to London. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> all right, this next movie, and I, I should mention now, these are ten movies here. I love all ten of these movies except for one of them that I I've got issues with. That, that I love some of the shots from. I love the actors in. I thought that it, it didn't quite work for me, and that was this next one. So I'm I'm not gonna shit on it. I, yeah. I would say, but I'm gonna th- disagree this, with this, this you on a bunch of it. But they're definitely. I needed the movie to end. Yeah. 20 minutes before it did. That, that had multiple and issues one with me. scene cut out completely, and so it would have been perfect. This is 2007 Sunshine. Yeah. Now, some people that love it. I remember um, it has, Mendoza loved it. He, he was a huge fan of it. To me, when I'm watching this movie, it's Event Horizon. I mean, there's a lot of this movie that's Event Horizon, and, and it's not like they came out similar. Event Horizon came out like 10 years before this. Uh, I think Event Horizon was like 98 maybe or something like that, so it was like 12 years before this. It has this. two of my favorite character actors. Uh, such a great cast. Mark Strong and Cliff Curtis. Yeah, Mark Strong, you would never even know if it was him unless you looked at the uh, uh, the cat list, cast list because he played that kind of fucked and, uh, up guy. Captain America uh, did a great job. Yeah, oh, Chris Evans was great in this yeah. movie. I, I did really enjoy Chris Evans. I thought this is when he made Rose that shift. Rose Byrne, I have a crush on her. Rose Byrne was really good. Uh, what else was she on? I think she's in the uh, that spy movie, the Melissa McCarthy one. I'm pretty sure that's oh, yeah, yeah, who Rose okay. Byrne is, and she's really great in it. Um, uh, she's funny as Michelle hell. Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh, awesome. super good. The cast was great. Uh, I even enjoyed the, the Killian. The Killian, obviously, Killian should mention. Great. I mean... If it didn't have as many comparisons with Event Horizon, I think I would have less problems with it because it's literally there were so many scenes that they had done in Event yeah. Horizon. Like when I'm watching it and I, re- I was like, and the airlock scene. And and I remember thinking there was so many scenes like Event Horizon before they even got to the airlock scene and then the airlock scene happened and I was like, you got to be shitting me. I said, yeah. this airlock scene has happened in Event Horizon. I said, it's not like I... It's not like a blueprint of Event Horizon for no. sure, but it had some similar stuff. I, I, I love the the concept of it, the concept that there's these astronauts going to uh, reignite the sun. The yeah. sun's dying out, and they're gonna they're gonna go in there and they're gonna launch some shit out. into it. Yeah, the, I mean, I think at this, it's they only were, got like 
at this point in this kind of fantasy science fiction movie, yeah. it was supposed to be like they were ten years away or five years away. I don't know. It was close. It was gonna if they didn't do it now, they would have lose their opportunity to do it. And they had already sent a mission out there to do mm-hmm. it, and the the ship disappeared. Yeah, Van Horizon. <laughs> and they made contact later on. Van Horizon. <laughs> it drove them all nuts. Simpsons Van Horizon. Did it. <laughs> it was totally a Simpsons did it. I I think this was a little bit more sci-fi where Van Horizon made that shift a little bit to more horror. towards horror kind of it but why don't you tell us a little bit about uh kind of some stuff that uh wh- what were some of the things that you enjoyed in this movie? I, I just enjoyed some of the the science yeah like the shields that they had to use mm-hmm. and the suits they had to wear and they talked about like the remember they had that they were replenishing their oxygen through plant growth yeah and so there was like a lot of thought went into what would it take for a ship to be able to travel to the sun because yeah. it takes Eight minutes to get from light to get from the sun to here. Light travels 186,000 miles per second. Yeah. So do the math. And it's also had our great guy from uh, Bringing Out the Dead and Training Day, who's really good in it. Uh, which one? The, the guy who oh, ran yeah. the Oasis. That's I named him. Oh, is that who you were talking about? Yeah. I thought you said Mark Strong. Mark Strong and, and Chris. Uh, oh, that's his name. And uh, Cliff, Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he's very really good. Uh, I'm pr- I am convinced that this is the reason they made Chris Evans Captain America because they certainly didn't look at Fantastic Four and and think Chris Evans is going to make a good Captain America. I thought he was probably the best thing about Sunshine. Like I said, I, I had no problem with the acting. I had no problem with the movie. To be honest with you, it was just so many similarities. When they, when they met up, when someone was still alive on the other ship, that was like that kind of. Yeah, well, it, it, it did make a shift to a complete fantasy-type movie. Yeah. Like Before, it was like, uh, obviously, uh, there's a level of science fiction. You're going to go into space and throw nukes into the sun yeah. and everything and reignite the sun. But when you start going into... I mean, it's not that far-fetched. The sun is just a big nuclear explosion. Yeah. So that who was it? Was it Cliff Curtis who was obsessed with looking at yeah, the at the several sun? of them? Were. Whew, man, they and, went into that room. They had the darkened shield, but yeah. then they could see the. I mean, it must it it's a thousand nuclear explosions every yeah. minute or who knows. But it didn't get enough play. I thought when it was in the theater too. I think a lot of it came out on DVD where a lot of people were seeing it. I I think it lost money. Uh, oh, did it lose money? Huh. Forty million dollar budget made thirty two. Ooh, I mean, I'm sure yeah. it's made it up. And well, they're lucky it was that. who it was yeah. because uh, Danny Boyle is also not that type of actor or director that people are like. I think following uh, regularly, unless you uh, really find, followed his movies, it's not like oh, there's a new uh, there's a new Spielberg movie coming out. I mean, now he's probably in that kind of level where like oh, Danny Boyle's new movie is coming out, very similar like Christopher yeah. Nolan. Mm-hmm. That whatever movie they come out, people are interested in seeing. I haven't looked up what Danny Boyle's in like in pre production for, but I'm sure he's got like a shitload of stuff coming up. But yeah, I I wouldn't tell people to avoid Sunshine. I thought there was a lot of good stuff, and I I think if I hadn't seen Event Horizon, I probably would would have enjoyed it more but certainly for the science and for the incredible acting that was into it uh it was worth it for that alone i agree all right well this next one and this is the one where danny boyle finally got his due man and this movie got super super popular uh i've seen it recently and i forgot how good it was yeah it's one of those ones i remember seeing it for the first time i had gone a while without seeing it or before i had seen it for the first time initially and i watched i remember where i was watching it in my house we were in the living room watching when we used to have our tv in the living room now we have like a tv room uh and uh i remember watching it being like damn this is a good movie and then i rewatched it like like you a few weeks 
weeks ago and I was like, damn, I forgot how good the movie this was. It was just told very well and I love how they bounced around. I, I know some people find it confusing when you do that fractured timeline, but I, I love it, especially when it's somebody at, in like an interrogation room, you know, that's just ripe to be able to told tell how he got here. Yeah. And we should Didn't mention that guy died. Dev, that guy just died. Yeah, the guy the who interrogated him from Life of Pi. Yeah. yeah, he he died like three like weeks, a month ago. Uh, yeah, a month ago, um, two months ago, maybe. Uh, I'm pretty sure this was Dev Patel who was the main kid for this. I'm gonna have to look him up real quick. Um, and it was basically who wants to be a millionaire. You know, I mean, it's in it, and they have that show over there. Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I it think was, it's in several countries yeah. on there. Yeah, the main guy who starred in this was Dev Patel, really, really great actor. He was in uh, the newsroom. He was really great in the newsroom. Loved him in that, uh, the Aaron Sorkin kind of HBO show. Uh, but not only are we are we dealing with the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in India, you're dealing with how it how the life oh, in like the slums of India, how <sighs> impoverished. And they show Dev and, like, his brother and this other girl that basically you're showing them as an adult and you're also showing them as children. And uh, he's he's recalling his life, basically, to the guy who's interrogating him. And, and he's brought in there because he gets farther than anyone. He, he's, like, from the slums of India and now he's working at a phone center with, like, a lot of people in India. And he somehow gets on to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and he's now at, like, almost the million-dollar prize and they know no one's it's even sort of remotely a fractured there. timeline because so they, they, do... they think he's cheating basically well the 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 host the remember? host oh yeah he, like puts his arm around him and says see you tomorrow don't be late and pushes him out the back door and then they throw a hood over yep. his head and the cops and bring him, him and they were like and they were electrocuting him shit yeah beat punching him i mean they were like we know you're cheating we want to know how you're how doing you're it. it and and then he goes through his life and they were like and it was it, cool. It's one the way of those, it was almost Forrest Gump like and where they connected yeah. how he knew, how he knew like, oh Jenny <laughs> like he knew this answer because oh, the, the three musketeers yeah. and, and yeah. the different thing and they go back to the life of where he learned this, you know? And it they just asked him the right questions that he just happened yeah, to know. Was, but some of the some of the difficult stuff is when he was a real little kid, you know. When uh, they burn the eyes out of the one of the oh child God, beggars they, to they're try showing to give the, him more like, money. They showing the like mobsters kidnapping children and they realize that they're going to make these kids beggars on the street and they realize that the kids with no with that are blind get more money so they're purposely blinding children yeah. to and be they able had to... a baby remember the kids like oh, the baby whoever holds the baby gets more money and if you can keep it crying you get triple the money it's, it's it, some of it's it was very disturbing very watching, dark very dark watching but some them of it, dig through the trash but i mean the, some the, of it was very light it was, too yeah it, it was mm -hmm. weird it was like uh it was like the darkest of uh of stuff from like shallow grave or 28 days later but with some of the lighter stuff from millions was kind of thrown into this movie uh but the uh stuff where he the one the older brother saw them burn the eyes out of a kid and then the the mobster is like now go bring us your brother and you're like it's like because he couldn't he, sing yeah because he couldn't sing because that's what really Singing gets you more money yeah, but yeah. if you can't sing you then have no, you're no value. good to us you have to so you have to be a a hard luck case. Yep. So we're going to burn your eyes out. And that was the mistake. They told him, bring your brother. He says, well, I'm not going to let you burn the eyes out of my brother. So right before he does it, he, he screams, run. And then they just, yeah. they book it. And they leave and, that little girl Oh, they behind. leave the little girl behind, yeah. which is just so sad because they, I, he was, she was so cute and so part of their group and everything. And then they got a reconnection with her later on. And she popped up 
two or three times during out their life. Yep, and same with the older and, brother. Uh, the old it's about the the paths people go down, you know, and uh the the girl had to go down a horrible path herself. The the older brother had to go to the path of crime and kind of being like a low-level a mobster himself mm-hmm. and then the the Dev Patel character is he's just trying to 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 make it and kind of uh uh, reconnect with uh, with the people from his past and everything. And it, it was an epic story, like you said. It's it's very Forrest Gump in a way uh, that these extraordinary things happen to this guy's life that kind of all cumulated to kind of bring him to the point where he is in Slumdog Millionaire. I like the fact when he was the the game show host was trying to fed him the answer. Yeah, but the wrong, the wrong answer. answer. Oh man, it's so it, it was kind shady, of remember man. Quiz Show. Yeah, oh yeah, I love Quiz Show. That was a good movie. Though. Yeah. But that they were giving him the answer, the right answers, yeah, yeah. just to kind of control who who the star it's is. It's all about TV, man. And, and this one, they were like, he was oh. mad that that the other guy was getting more attention. Yeah, like he's he's like, this is my show. <laughs> it, it's it's great when he gave him that wrong answer, and then Dev Patel's like, no, I, I'm gonna pick B, and he's like, no, not C, huh? <laughs> like, oh, you scumbag. <laughs> and it was interesting that the like the the final question I thought was easy as hell, but if you're an American and you're reading like yeah, uh, you're reading classic literature, it's like that that's an easy one to kind of answer. But if you're at, I don't uh, know where you get taught in India, yeah, who, who in knows India, what the but it's uh, certainly probably not. You know, yeah, there were several of the questions you were like, French well, if that was asked over here. It certainly wouldn't be the ten thousand or the hundred thousand dollar question or something yeah. like that. So, it, it was fun to see, man. And I'm, uh, I've always watched that show, and uh, it, it won best. It been won best Oscar uh, for best picture, won best director. I'm not sure if it won best screenplay. It might have, but I'm pretty sure it kind of ruled the Oscars in 2008. So, I, I love it when that happens, man. Because if it didn't, if it didn't win those Oscars, it wouldn't be seen as by many people. Like well, no one would have seen Parasite. If Parasite did not win all those awards, yeah, of course. no one would have seen it. Because it made it's, most of its money after they won the Oscars yeah. and then before, I'm sure. Yep. I, I was lucky enough to see it before I got to the Oscars, and but I you're, watched it. You're an exception. You're looking for what's going to be... Yeah, I, so you kind of keep heard my a rumor ear. That it was a yeah, I keep my it. ear to the grindstone to be able to hear. It, it doesn't take much. Bef- uh, be you supposed to put your ear to the grindstone. I don't think you're supposed to, but you get seen better movies that way. <laughs> is that the phrase though? Ear to the grindstone. Oh wait, wait. Is that what the, is? The isn't phrase? the grindstone the thing that sharpens? Oh shit! Don't put your ear to it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I'm totally confused. I'm getting my metaphors all <laughs> fucked keep up. Your ear to the grindstone. <laughs> don't don't yell at me, Paul. I tried it. <laughs> it didn't work out <laughs> all right this next movie man and this was a yeah how to make a how to make an hour and a half movie from from a 10 minute oh god like, and that 10 story. minutes man Ooh, it, it's so difficult and it it was good the way they were able to tell were they like you said where they were this whole movie was predicated on like a one kind of scene that people were kind of building up to yeah. watch and this was 127 hours. Done it at hour 60 yeah first it, of all you wouldn't and well, go ahead and tell the movie so, so people know. 127 hours, 2010. Actually, what's his name did a great job. Oh, he did a great job. And he he really Franco. went into it. And there were uh there was only a few people that uh from what I heard, uh the the main guy that play or the main guy that this happened to, based on a true story about uh if you're not familiar with a hiker that was hiking extreme through hiker. extreme hiker hiking through Utah and he ended up falling in a uh in like a, a huge boulder kind of uh wedged his arm between the uh kind of the sidewall of the the mountain and he he got just trapped there. And uh obviously there's gonna be major spoilers told in this movie because but I think this is one of those stories everyone's heard yeah, yeah. at least the outcome of satellite uh, phone. 
phone. That's all I got to say. Yeah, satellite phone. <laughs> and well, from what I've heard, though, that uh, the guy who this had actually happened to, he filmed everything. I mean, he filmed yeah. the actual, and we might as well just spoil it right up the top. He ends up having to hack his own arm off to be able to, to get free. Hack, just like slice it off with a, with a pocket I knife. mean, he's got to break his own bone. You, you wouldn't imagine, and it's like the worst knife. It's one of those knives that have that like that silver handle. Yeah, it's not yeah, a Swiss Army knife. Swiss yeah. Army knife would have been a lot more helpful. Uh, and it was dull as shit. They said that it was unbelievably dull. But uh, apparently they they he recorded everything and a lot of the they say the more horrific stuff is behind in like a safe and they're not showing anyone. But they took it out of the uh, safe just to show Danny Boyle and uh, who's our man? James Franco. Uh, so they showed Franco and Boyle uh, the thing, and that's what they kind of had to go on for that thing. And from what I hear, they just during that uh, during several scenes, they just left the, the uh, camera on and let James Franco get to a level of emotion and uh, yeah. kind of. And they this was they cut that together, a, man. A tough movie to do for yeah. him because you're not acting against anybody. Yeah. you know it's. Usually you can get your... I love the way it was told, too. You know, that, that first third of the movie where uh, he's leaving his house, you know, and he's not telling anyone where he's going. Big mistake, first of all, when you're going yeah. hiking. And this scares me because me and my girl just recently got into hiking. This is extreme. We wouldn't go this extreme, but we definitely want to go to Utah. You know what you should do is is they're, they're 30 bucks. GPS clips right yeah, they, on they your put backpack. A pin, and they put a, or you can put a pin on your thing, yeah. yeah it's just a GPS yeah. and you can within 10 feet. Yeah, if we were going to do anything like we've we've hiked in uh, in Denver, we've gone hiking in uh, Maui and in Iceland, yeah. and it's kind of our new thing that where we go to a place we want to kind of go hiking and uh, check stuff up. And Utah is just gorgeous. Yeah. And this this area where they did this, obviously a lot of people hike there, but they don't do it as extreme. One of the most enjoyable uh, scenes is where they meet up with the uh, the two girls. Uh, one's the the Mara girl from mm-hmm. uh, House of Cards, yeah. and uh, the other girl is famous too. The other girl is the one that uh, James Woods kind of was uh, fresh with and uh she has freaking oh. arguments with him on twitter yeah. all the time it's awesome uh <laughs> so he meets up with him but uh it was crazy he was like do you trust me you guys want to experience something you've never experienced before and it's going to be great and this i guess this was a period of time where just lowly kind of uh hikers went off with some random dude they didn't know and trusted the hell out of him and i, I uh, saw that movie outback yeah yeah <laughs> <Is that laughs> or uh, wolf, creek? wolf creek <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh so there's a great scene where uh where they're all going through this kind of tight, tight tunnels and they're, they're kind of holding themselves and James Franco all of a sudden lets himself go and falls down the crevice and little do they know there's water underneath them and it's like this cool kind of, what do they call that, like a grotta mm-hmm. uh, where they're swimming and the water's perfect and he's yeah. shouting up, drop through, go through and one of them drops and then the other one drops and they, they keep going and doing it I went again. To a... And they had like a great experience from that first like third of the movie and then he goes off by himself. I went to a famous grotto in italy ah, nice man um right near uh, Na- uh naples nice and it was where nero used to go yeah see that's that's just awesome stuff it, man it, and and just take a bath and it, it the light comes in and turns the water just like, like this blue turquoise kind yeah of thing. it's crazy yeah that's the type of thing that i love when i go on vacations i look out those like historic kind of yeah. things those things that they're on bucket lists that you go and visit that i don't do stuff. anything with it that has a tourist guide if it's a guided thing, yeah. Well, that 
I tell you, that's the most fun thing me and uh, my girl did with uh, in Iceland is find that random thing where we we heard that at the top of this mountain there was a river that you could just you could just swim in and lay in and it's natural springs and people love it and we and we did it we pushed ourselves and it was a difficult co- climb and once we got up to the top and we weren't there were times we weren't seeing anyone we we're like we're going to the right spot and this is this is obviously a trail <laughs> and then when we went over. And we saw that there was probably only 12 or 15 people there compared to like other things we yeah. had seen where there were hundreds of people. I, I wouldn't was like, worry. This is the like, jam, I wouldn't man. do that in like, in like, uh, Croatia. No, there's because you get the gypsies would sell well, you into slavery, thing. but. Well, we got lucky that you're in Iceland. Iceland's the safest place rate. in the, and it's the safest. Yeah, it's the safest place in the entire world. That's what the, it's, it's got the lowest crime rate ever. So you can go wherever. Uh, they, they just say that. So let's talk a little of the scene itself, man. Because my God, and I, I've I watched this don't movie. even remember. I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I don't even remember that, the cutting part <sighs> as much, man. And I rewatched it. The sound and effects, I'm sure, it is was, what makes it. There was parts where I had to like still turn away. And I, yeah, I'm and a filmmaker. You, I know how fake shit is. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. And but this stuff that they did, you mean Cheek didn't really. They eat, do a, eat a girl in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> this, well, when he's cutting his arm, so he's got to stab at it first. Yeah. He's got to stab his arm, and then, and then, then the blood pulls up. The, you got to break the bone and cut through the muscle. And and the and, tendons. And there's yeah. a there's a thing that Danny Boyle does in the movie when he nicks the tendon they do like a musical bang line it's so unsettling that it makes you, the person watching it you immediately get goosebumps because there's no one watching this that can't imagine how horrible and you you hope that you have that type of constitution that you can do this to yourself you're, you're watching it and you're like maybe if i had the adrenaline and i thought it was that my last resort but the, it's one i would of those, do it no doubt it's one of those situations yeah I, I think i would have to do it and you would have to just my instinct to live the the problem with me is you you have to make that decision not late enough where yeah, you still have energy then, to walk out yeah, because you have to climb out of there it's too. not like it's not like disney world where there's lines 10 feet outside your yeah. cavern then you have to find somebody because you at this point you're bleeding profusely yeah but what at a certain point it's the point of no return you know you know you've, you've already like, cut 127 yourself. hours sounds too long <sighs> yeah it's almost crazy where you don't expect uh and he's hallucinating at times you know he's looking into his past and he sees his dad's played by treat williams and so you see him kate burton plays his mom who, uh, who is uh i love from uh big trouble in china she's the one who played uh gracie laws uh kind of best friend that she went on to do a tv series she's famous for now uh so you got to see a lot of that but one of the most enjoyable kind of holy shit jaw-dropping moments other than obviously the actual cutting is when he cuts through and his body he ends up falling like dropping mm. like to his feet like he was kind of and he's looking at it and he's like he's got his face covered with blood and you see his arm just hanging there and he immediately wraps himself up and he's got to climb out man and he comes and he sees those kind of uh hikers coming towards him that have no clue man those hikers probably have got stories you know what would have pushed me to the edge that would have made me do it i would have said i'm gonna write a great book after this <laughs> yeah, yeah. make a ton well, of money and, and that's that's what happened <laughs> i will have I one mean, le- i'll have one less arm but i'll still have one arm you're totally going to man the, i mean he became kind of a hero he was the hero it, of the he was a hero for, for a moment for a while you know yeah. the, and it, it was like talk shows and shit yeah I mean, man kind of movie deal. i mean you deserve it for doing that type yeah. of stuff you deserved kind of the celebrity that you get because you're you've done something that a lot of people can't do you know there's a there's a lot of people I mean, I I think you're in the minority. I'm in the minor. I like to think that uh, w- 
obviously we would we would do what we had to do, but there's a lot of people that would just sit there and die. Of course. Yeah. They're not gonna and, do and it. And I I get it. Yeah. But like, I mean, you you can live without your arm. And this guy is still did hiking and swimming and, and still... stuff like that. It's a great scene with him without the arm. Now they have to him twice. Yeah, yeah. He's holding a knife some, with his teeth. You got some seriously bad luck, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you got to stay. just stay there. I, I suggest you become a uh, couch potato. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next movie. This is five years later, so we've jumped ahead a little bit. Yep. And this is uh, 2015 Steve Jobs. Yep. Now, a couple movies himself. have been done uh, about this. I think this was a really good one. I did not like the Ashton Kutcher one, even though Ashton Kutcher was, did look just yeah. like him, but he's he's not. Okay. He's not on the level of uh, sorry, Ashton. You're just not on the level of acting as as far as Fassbender goes, yeah, or, or an Aaron Sorkin script. I mean, that's what really killed mm-hmm. it for this one, uh, in a good way. Is the Aaron Sorkin script, man? I mean, he is uh, such a great screenwriter, probably one of the top screenwriters. Case, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet was super great good in this. As the, sort of his head of. Yep. Of, I don't even know what his uh, title was. He had several right-hand guys, or uh, Seth Rogen. Seth, Seth Rogen played, played Wozniak. Wozniak. Really good. And Steve Jobs, I've always hated this motherfucker, because he's exactly the way I thought he was. Yeah, he's a dick, but a lot of the geniuses are dicks. I, I'm sure. You know, if they were to make a movie about Elon Musk, I I'm couldn't sure, hang out I'm with sure, Elon Musk either. I'm sure it doesn't look good. I'm sure. And, and maybe From all accounts, though, he seems more of a family man than Steve Jobs was. Or like, he likes his kids, his, his wife. and Amazon uh, dude. Uh, Be- Bezos. Bezos. So he seems, yeah, he seems closer to probably how Steve Jobs is than uh, than Elon Musk. Elon Musk is, but like, I mean, they they really, I, I'm sure his estate didn't like this movie because of yeah. the way that he portrayed his relationship with the with the daughter. With the daughter. Oh shit! Yeah. Outside of it, his- and what's interesting about this movie is they could have told this movie in ten different ways about ten different subjects, and this was all about the. Uh, um, the launch, the Mac launch. Uh, of the Mac launch, and, but specifically, kind of the the behind the scenes stuff that he was going through with Wozniak. Yeah. We were going to through, talk. His, yeah, <laughs> it, and it, and it showed his kind of really kind of uh, his personality kind of yeah. defects, <laughs> yeah. as you might he, say. He just wanted to win. Yep, he didn't care how or or he was, re- he was ready to to have the voice faked for the when the computer was turned yeah. on, like. And lie to all the investors and everybody just to show that yeah. he made it work and then figure it out after the fact. Yep. And I, I love that it, a lot of it with the Wozniak was, and there was a couple flashbacks on it which were good, but a lot of it was in the moment, in the present time, where all, Woz, all Wozniak wanted him to do was just give credit to yeah. the original yeah. Mac guys yeah. for what they've accomplished. He was a dick. And he wouldn't do it. He, he would it. not no. do it. And he begged him. And he, he was like having these screaming arguments in front of all these people. And and you felt bad because every single person in the room knows how Steve was. But they all kind of forgave his character flaws because and he wasn't an, he was he was an asshole and he was mean, but he, he wasn't like... He wasn't a horrible person. No, you know, I mean, maybe to his kid. I mean, it, yeah, it, but I don't, ha- I don't have to have a personal relationship with yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a vision, and his what- kid was really sweet and really nice and really smart, which made it really difficult that we would see them together, and he well, just couldn't. He just, ha- he just didn't have them. Mother. Uh, no, that it, she did look time. like her though. But I, I've seen that girl before. She was in something else I just recently saw. But uh, I love that the uh, you know his other right hand man, the guy oh, yeah. from mm-hmm. uh, he was in Men in Black Three. Yep. He was also in uh, Boardwalk Empire. He was a big in, guy in Boardwalk Empire. He in Cabin in the Woods, isn't it that same? No, he wasn't in Cabin in the Woods. This guy's a little older uh, than that, and he plays a little bit more prominent characters. And he was really good in that. And he was the one that. Uh, Remember, they played for, uh, he played in, uh, 
I he, think the guy from Cabin in Woods is in it, but I think he plays a different character. He might have. Time. He was a lot younger than this. This was around that same time. This guy's like 10 or 15 years older than that guy. He's really good. Everyone would recognize him if uh, you, you saw his face for sure. He played the, uh, the that weird guy in... Uh, uh, in Men at Black Three, that kept looking at the outcome. Golden Globe for the best screenplay. Yeah, it did. It, uh, you were thinking that it was going to win the Oscar. I'm not sure what took the Oscar in 2015, but you, you, I was kind of surprised that it didn't. Because Fassbender, he's great, man. He's great in everything. You, you really, he's that type of actor that could be eventually at that point where Daniel Day Lewis and Sean Penn, that kind of method actor that I don't think we even have seen his best thing yet. And he's done a lot of good stuff. And he's like, he's like our age too, Fassbender. So he's got a lot of great stuff under his belt. And he's married to uh, Alicia Vindicator, the uh, ex Machina girl. That's who he's married to uh, in real life. And uh, they just put a lot of great actors in this. And it was told in a way that I think any Anyone who watched it didn't expect them to Jeff tell Daniels, the story. Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels really, really good in it. That makes sense because he was a Sorkin guy and he did news radio also. Uh, so I would definitely recommend uh, Steve Jobs for people to see it. It's good to see these kind of genius guys and kind of their, like like I said, their character flaws. And going back to like Musk, like when you saw them, uh, when you saw them throw that kind of uh, oh. baseball at the yeah, window and it broke and it, and it broke and you were like, oh man, it's got to be killing him. Joe Rogan mentioned it in the interview with him. And he's, he's like, I got to talk about it. He says, what happened with that thing? He's like, well, he's like, well, the problem was, he says, I think we had, uh, they had done like a stress test and like they, uh, had uh, uh, they did something to the window like right before they did it, and they thought that that's what happened that it uh, kind of affected it because he said we had done that like 15 times in a row and it didn't happen. He says, Of course, we go out there and he handled it well in the moment. Don't do anything during that product launch, like he had on a video well. later on and put it out. After He's like, done. Ah, screw you, I got SpaceX over here, <laughs> and I'm building tunnels in uh, fucking LA. He's building underground tunnels like insane in yeah, LA because yeah. he wants to alleviate the traffic in LA. He wants to put He's like got, hyper tubes and stuff. I'm on telling him. you, I can't tell you nothing. I mean, pe- we need people like him, oh, absolutely. but they are di- a lot of them are deeply flawed because yep. they're driven. Yeah, if you you can't work like he works, you can't do that without stepping. He works on a like few people, seventeen you know? hours or eighteen or twenty hours yep. a day and makes everybody around him miserable. Yeah, but then everybody's like, "Well, he's 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 a genius. He's a genius yeah. Why wouldn't I follow him?" Yeah, I mean, I would never sell my soul. I can't to that stress level. enough to everyone out there should listen to the two pods he did with on the Joe Rogan Experience. So three hours each. He smokes weed and got and in trouble. The, on yeah, he got in trouble, big trouble. And it was interesting because he was getting he tweets. He was getting tweets right afterwards. He was yeah. like, his phone's blowing up, and Joe's like, "What's going on with your phone?" And he says, "Oh, my friends asking me if I'm really smoking weed on the thing." And he says, "Hey, it's legal here. What the fuck?" I mean, except when, he when was a Rome. defense contractor. He- yeah, and, obviously, uh, but he was in California and he's smoking it, and it's yeah. legal there. Plus so what the hell? Elon Musk, what are you yeah, do? what the hell? And uh, <laughs> you gonna go to the other super Elon Musk? interesting. <laughs> he's dealing with these neuro things now, where he's gonna uh, he's gonna fix make people walk. Uh, again. He's gonna make paraplegics walk again. Yeah. He's gonna make blind people see again because of an implant they're gonna put in their brain that fixes shit. But he is an like, asshole too. Damn, Remember man. he called those Splunker guys pedophiles when those remember those 14 kids got trapped oh really in the flooded so they went into a cave and then the rains hit mm-hmm. and the kids got trapped underground yeah yeah, yeah. so they had to go dive down yeah. mm-hmm. to come up into the cave and yeah. take each one of them out mm-hmm. individually yeah and he was gonna he said he would build a sub that's right a little miniature submarine yeah. so he did can, save someone with that sub recently too and uh the one of the British tourists that like help rescue them was down there uh-huh. in like Thailand, and he was like, 
you creepy pedophile. What are you doing? Like, he ca- called him a pedophile with no basis. And he didn't realize, uh, well, did he know this guy? No, or? no. He just, he, he's like, what That's are you doing in Thailand? And what are you doing finding little boys? Yeah. You know, call him a pedophile. And then he's like. He won't make that mistake he's like, again. He's like, you know, and then he called out. He's like, you know, I'm right because he's not suing me. <laughs> and, then, and then he gets sued. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's mean, like, well, what do you expect? You call me I'm a pedophile, you, I'm going to sue you. It's the downside of being a genius, man. You're going to have character flaws. You're going to say shit yeah. that's going to piss people off. But, I mean, as I long mean, as you're not... I mean, social media gets a lot of people in trouble. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but Keep it, your mouth shut. Make, <laughs> make, dig, dig your tunnel and fly to so, space. Danny Boyle will be making an Elon Musk movie in 2025, yeah. and uh, it, certainly we'll, we'll find out more about that then. All right, so here's Danny Boyle's sequel. Man, yeah. man is one sequel, and this is 2017. Is this really his only sequel? Yeah, I think so, yeah. You might have to... Even though I've seen this in the last oh, year, I still uh, so good, man. I, I this was a movie I, that I went a long time because it, it, it was just, you were afraid it wasn't going to catch the spirit. Absolutely, I was a huge train spotting, so it's train spotting, and they actually called it T two, which is interesting because it's obviously Terminator two was. They called it T two train spotting. It's weird. That's how it's labeled in IMDb. I yeah. I can't do that. And if, if I'm organizing it in my thing, it's being organized. There's only one T two. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, that's already that slot is already yeah. filled, and it's Arnold is sitting there. <laughs> so I listed under chain spotting too. But uh, so I must. It had come out probably. I I didn't see it in the theater, and then when it came out on Redbox, I might have waited two months to see it to the point where I just bought it when it, it was like three ninety nine at some point, and I was like, I'll buy it. I love Danny Boyle. I love these guys in, it. and if it's not good, I'll just sell it and I'll give it away or whatever. And I bought it, and I was like super surprised at how much I fucking loved it. So surprised they that brought I did. Everybody I, back. Right? Everybody. They brought everybody back twenty years later, and it was exactly Spud twenty years later. Uh, no, a lot of these guys looked good, man. Almost you all of them looked, looked really good. good. You and McGregor she, looked the, good. The uh, girl looked good. I mean, she obviously was older. But yeah, she's older. You don't have to worry about her yeah. and her little. Because uh, I bet girl she was now. eighteen in that movie. I'll guarantee it. Yeah, because she was nude in that movie. They're, yeah. they're not doing that movie. I mean, she was completely nude in it. And uh, obviously, Robert Carlyle looked good. Uh, the kid who played Sick Boy always looked. Always looked good. He was kind of a heartthrobby guy later in different movies that he was in. So it was it was ingenious that he brought them all back. And I love the the concept that he just returned. Yeah. He had been he, out of town. He had stolen all their how money. You think that's okay. You can't just. Come I know he stole again. all their money. And hey guys, Begbie was that. in prison at the beginning of yeah. the movie. And one of the best scenes of the movie is he... And they don't set the scene up at all. It, you know, you're seeing him in his cell and his cellmate comes in with this huge, almost like a, a, a hat pin. Yeah. You know, those huge fucking oh. like pins. And, and Begbie, now lift, I remember this scene. Begbie lifts his yeah. shirt up and he's like, he's like, I want you to stab me here. I don't want you to stab me too far through, but just enough. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, what the hell? And basically Begbie wants to be transferred med- to a medical kind of facility. So the guy takes takes Begbie and stabs him with this it, it must have been what eight inches, eight inches eight inches nine inches and it went straight through all the way out to the other side and then he's like why didn't he just hold it he, he wanted at the, it at the depth that he wanted it in and, yeah. and then when my when my hand hits his chest that would have been that would have been the way to do it that would have been <laughs> and he was supposed to do it like three times and he's like you want me to do it again no I don't you fucking do it again <laughs> and then they bring him to the uh they uh they bring him to the medical facility and yeah. everything and the guy who's looking after well, him didn't he 
do that because he heard so and so was back. No, he had no clue oh, that really? he was back. He just wanted to. Escape. He wanted to. Escape. He just wanted to escape. It just happened to coincide with uh, oh. it happening. Talk about so, bad timing for you. When McGregor. he gets to the medical facility, he talks the uh, there's uh, like one of the cops is watching him and he's got to go to the bathroom. He's like, he's like, where am I going, man? And he says, I'm. He says, I'm in the hospital. There's people everywhere. He says, give me my dignity. Let me go in my bathroom myself. Two two, two minutes. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll give you that. And he uncuffed him and everything. And baby <laughs> escaped. Do he, he's like, he dipped out and he's gone man goes right back to his wife's house where his kid and he hadn't seen his kid in forever and he's like making his kids making his kid be a criminal yeah he's like come on we're We're going to rob this is a family business it's about time for you to learn it and and it made the kid Uh, super uncomfortable bigby's probably one of the more unredeemable characters in film he's funny to watch because he does some comical things and you laugh at him and everything but he is a fucking scumbag yeah i mean he's a complete utter scumbag in every way he's a murderer he's he uh, violently remember he threw in the first train spreading through that glass, glass onto the woman's the face second, yeah. and just wanted to start a fight. He's that guy. He's that soccer hooligan, you know, in a bar that you look at one one way uh, and you shouldn't have looked at him that way. And now you're on the ground and he's busting your teeth out. He's just yeah. crazy. So you got Ren coming back into town and he wants to make things right. You know, he's got money he was going to give to a uh, uh, sick boy and he wants to go see Spud. Remember, he comes the, to see Spud. The scenes with Spud were disturbing because he was trying to. Spud was still an addict. He was he's st- trying to kill himself yeah, too. Remember at the he, very that scene he, like, where put he a shows up, bag over his yeah, head, to and he's to... hanging himself. And remember, uh, Ewan McGregor shows up at Spud's house and looks through the uh, the keyhole and sees him in there hanging and busts down the door and saves him. And right when he saves him, Spud pukes into the bag, oh, all, all oh. in the bag, and he pulls it off. And he's and Spud's actually pissed at Ren. I. I I think Ren showed back up in town thinking that Spud might be the only person happy to see him because he's the only one he didn't really fuck over. He gave him that money. Yeah. But he he's angry on the opposite way. He's like, why would you give me that fucking money? You know I'm a fucking drug addict. You knew I was going to do with the fucking money, and I've just destroyed my life because of it. Uh, so it kind of surprised uh, surprised you and <laughs> big time. And then when he went and saw uh, uh, Sick Boy, who had a crazy scheme going on where he was uh, he had a really hot girlfriend that he was uh, videotaping her having like uh, like, like kind of uh, ec- extraordinary sex with oh, and then, uh, and then with, blackmailing and blackmailing them and everything. And uh, there's one point where he's not paying attention and the girl's starting to get beaten and he's in like the next room yeah, in the hotel and he yeah. busts in and everything and <clears throat> it, it it's crazy, man. Uh, that he's just kind of this life of crime. But he owns a he owns a bar, so he Ren shows up and uh, then they immediately immediately starts attacking the shit out of him. But Ren, uh, Sick Boy's idea is like, I'm going to make Ren think that I'm part and I want to be his best friend again and then I'm going to fucking screw him over the way he screwed me over. He just wasn't letting bygones be bygones. I mean, you guys were 17, 18 years old and heroin addicts. You, you got to yeah. realize that you're not the same people that you were. And he's obviously coming back into town to kind of make things right. Obviously, there was no making it right with Begbie. And when he found out that Begbie was in town or when Begbie found out that Ren was in town. Oh man, he was just he's like That's when you say, see ya. He's like somebody who's on like who had just taken PCP thirty seconds before you see him every time you see him, you know? Mm-hmm. He's just remember that there's a one point where they're in opposite stalls from each other at mm-hmm. the club 
and then uh, someone drops something. Uh, he, he, he drops something. a Viagra. Remember, Begbie drops a oh, Viagra, yeah, yeah. and Ewan McGregor uh, makes like a, a comment. And he says, ah, "I have a little problem getting up or something." And he's like, "Give me the fucking thing." And he hears the voice, and he turns, and he's like, "Holy shit, that's Begbie!" And then they, mm. he ends up like looking over the uh, the thing, and he <laughs> sees him, and they chase each other through the club and down the streets. And oh man, it's a whole great scene uh, at the end where they're going to that abandoned house that they're building and uh he's like hiding behind construction walls and stuff it was like an all-out fight between him and begbie and sick boy was there it, it was a fun fun movie it was one of those things you didn't think they'd be able to capitalize or you didn't know you wanted to see those characters 20 years later and it was super interesting to see them man <clears throat> i'd see a t3 now I have a spot for that if they made a T three, yeah. but <laughs> uh, it was fun. So if you're a fan of Train Spotting and if you're kind of avoiding seeing it because you you didn't want to see a rehash of it, not a whole lot of drugs, you know, there, uh, other than like uh, the idea they were that doing uh, some coke and they were doing the Begbie. You got to see Begbie doing some coke in the co- club and everything, but it wasn't like Train Spotting where they were <laughs> shooting up and doing stuff and uh, and the the crazy shots of it and everything. It, it was like a totally different film that, that was really enjoyable to see. All right, this next movie, one of the more enjoyable movies I've seen in the last five years, man. It's, it's probably it's just one such of the a more great screenplay. Like, it's in the usual suspects being John Malkovich yeah, level it, of screenwriting. It, it, you hear somebody tell you the premise in like two sentences, and you're like, "Holy shit, that yeah. just sounds." And I'll full disclosure: I am not a Beatles fan yep. at all. And so this, and it's one I of the like more enjoyable movies songs. you've seen. So. Coming from a non-Beatles fan, watch it anyways because yeah, it's yeah. it's just ingenious how it's done. The stuff. I mean, I, it it sucks because I, if I was a Beatles fan, I'd probably know the songs they're yeah, playing. Yeah. Like, I'm a huge the, Beatles fan, so I, I I loved it. And I I was you you watch this movie and you're you're singing them, and it just makes you want to go to iTunes and buy all the Beatles songs and everything. It did not make me. Do it that. didn't make you do that. It I made mean. me want to go listen to the Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this is 2019's Yesterday, and I, I saw this for the first time on the way back from uh germany uh on the plane and i remember my wife she was just out like a light because we had been up for like 29 hours or 32 hours and i'm just like hooked to it and i'm like oh this movie's one of the best movies i've seen in such a long time so why don't you explain the premise because it's such a ing- great premise so once again let me pull that guy's Danny name Boyle lets somebody He's... get hit on their bike <laughs> <laughs> so the movie starts out it's it's a fledgling artist yeah, singer songwriter that's trying to make it in the English music scene. He's got a manager and he's playing like dive bars. He's playing like out in the street for for coins. Yeah, he had his own. I mean, he's just trying to make it. As really a great actor, man. That kid was awesome yeah, in it. His great. name is uh, Himesh Patel. And uh, let me see if while Dave's talking, if I can pull up any. He's been in nineteen things, but it's a lot of Bollywood movies. Uh, there's some TV Seems like in here. Danny Boyle has an affection for India's culture. Yeah, well, that's they're directly connected with British yeah, uh, rules. So usually, they're a not, lot of British not people happily connected. <laughs> yeah, but you uh, same with South Africa. I mean, there's a, there's a connection with there Brits is. in South Africa and also with uh, them. Uh, so what happens? Is, I have never heard of any of this stuff that this guy's been in. So this was his a, big there's breakthrough. A, there's some there's some electromagnetic pulse that happens. And um, I th- was it ninety seconds or two minutes? Yeah, two minutes. Every like electrical thing goes out for two minutes, and then it all comes in back the world, on, in, in the, the world. whole entire world. Yeah, and everybody in their own community just thinks, "Oh, power went out." Yeah, because it came weird. right back on. Yeah, and uh, he got hit by a bus because the bus's 
was electric yeah. and its headlights went out or something. Yeah. And he got launched. And, and he got launched. They did some good job yeah. when they showed Lo- his teeth. Lost his two front teeth yeah. during it. So he wakes up in the hospital room. He has uh, a lot of great mates that were just yeah, really funny with him. And they, and they like were giving him gifts. They gave him the chattering teeth. The chattering teeth. And, <laughs> and they gave him a bus, a little yeah. miniature bus. Yeah. And so and a, and and a, a guitar. a new guitar. And he was about to quit the band. Yeah, at this he point was gonna. Too. He's like, I can't do the struggle anymore. Remember when he's playing the festival? Yeah, and you think he's playing this. They show this huge festival. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, yeah, yeah. wow, he's playing here. But then they show they, him he's in on a like tent. the third stage. With and like he's like the first in this act. small tent with eight yeah. people watching. I've him. been and that three guy, of them is over his friends. <laughs> the Alachua County Fair. We played maybe for. 100. I remember that was a great set. It was, it was a good set. I remember we we watched it, and then we went and ran that that drove and that oh, yeah, cool right, uh, right. ride and everything. I don't know who I was with that time. That might have been with that girl, or might have been with my wife. Actually, I'm not sure who I was with when yeah, I brought there. Fun. It was but fun. It, it, I've been that musician. Yeah, I've never wanted to make it. Yeah, like I mean, I would have. Yeah, it, happily done it if, I, but if that wasn't tried, my goal. You gotta, you gotta be willing to give up a my whole. My goal lot was to play to that. To, in front of people. I yeah. just wanted to play in front of people. Yep. I didn't care if I got paid. I yep. didn't care. I just wanted to play in front of people. Yeah, and that's kind of how kinda, I've been with my whole movie career. You know, I just like to create things, man. Yeah, and just have and the it, tangible things. The process things is and, the fun part. Yeah, the, I mean, the if dealing you don't with enjoy all the, the practicing. Oh yeah, and if you don't enjoy the the rehearsing, and if you don't with golf, if you don't enjoy, oh, with like if, filmmaking. How many people if go you're through worried it? about the final product more than you are the journey to we, get there? We look at, and I don't want to call him up because he's he's a buddy of ours and everything. But you you look at like Patrick on that one movie you worked on. There's no enjoyment in that he had For on anybody. that movie. Well, and and that. Particular Particular instance, I think yeah. when we did movies, people had people a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun. People had a lot we of fun. We were stressed out because, and even stressed, there were times where I took you took the time to enjoy it. You know, the last you, one I I didn't in I didn't enjoy any of the actual. I enjoyed all the days up to the filming. All during the filming was way <laughs> too stressful because yeah. we had a tight schedule yeah. and we had a ton of more money on the line than we. I'm had a lot more low key. Once so the, I, I once we got the all the clips. Because you know what was stressful? It was not knowing if we got the shots or not because we were using that digital transfer yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I hope we got that yeah. because we can't build this set mm. in the basement of the Thomas Center again. Yeah. And, so uh, so that's who this guy was. Yeah. So he was this so I'm guy. way off track. Anyways, he, uh, so he wakes up in the hospital and he makes his first joke in there. In, he uses a Beatles lyric and I don't know the it Beatles It doesn't lyrics. fly. And it, know, she's yeah. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he's like, I oh, just, when I'm 69, yeah. I think he said, like, would yeah. you take care of me when I'm 69? And, she, and she's, she's like, like okay. what do you mean by that? And it's like, <laughs> well, um, yeah, not until they're all at, like, the beach or something. Well, they, or that's the when park. they gave him the guitar and, yeah. and they... Play something for us. Yeah, play something for us. And he plays, I can't remember what he plays, but yeah. they were like, that's the most beautiful song. And he's so like, yeah, where I know. Did you, where did you no, come up like, with like, that's that? a beautiful song. And he's like, yeah, I know. And he, he's like, they're like... And then he's like, it's literally one of the greatest songs ever written. And they're like, oh. <laughs> well, who's got a big head yeah, now? Who's yeah, who's got a big head now? And he's like, like uh, he was kind of like, I didn't write it. Yeah. Like, he didn't say that. He yeah. struggled a little. So, well, then he said Paul and John wrote it or something like, like that. Who the hell, the hell is Paul, Paul and John? John? He's in there like, you know, the Beatles. The what? Yeah, so he doesn't. No, the Beatles. We won't reveal all of what it, Beatles aren't the only thing that's disappeared from people's lexicon. Well, we like didn't even lexicon. say that yet. Yeah. So he went over. Yeah. So he when the, he wakes back up in a world where s- several huge entities like Coca Cola, the Beatles. Them yeah, I won't tell them oh, all. Yeah. Just those two. Those two. It's good. Are, never existed. Yeah. Like he's googling Beatles and it just kept coming up with the insect. With the insect. <laughs> yeah. And then when he googled Coca Cola, it just kept. Coming up with Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and that was subtle too. He asked his mom for a soda, and she brings him a Pepsi. He's like, "You have a do you have a Coke?" And she's like, "A what?" <laughs> and she just walks out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the Beatles don't exist, and he just happens to be a Beatles huge fan. Beatles fan, and so he's furiously writing down the yeah. lyrics. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's it even funny that like, Eleanor, like Eleanor Rigby, Rigby that he didn't know so the lyrics complicated. Too. And he's like, what was she doing in the church? Was she, <laughs> yeah. she picking up rice? Or what was he doing? He's he's sewing his socks? Or what was he doing? <laughs> so but it he, was so he he basically teaches himself all the Beatles songs and gets dis- puts out an album. Yeah. And but, gets discovered uh, by the real Ed Sheen played by Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. when he shows up. Uh, Sheeran? 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 Sheeran, I think. Ed Sheen? Or Sheeran? Let me Sheeran. pull him up. I yeah. don't want to get his name wrong. I just had. I mean, you know, I think it's a pronunciation thing. I don't think you'll be able to tell from his last name. Oh well, if there's an R in there. <laughs> Let me see. Let me see. I think an R is. Yeah, Sheeran. Okay. Yeah, Ed Sheeran. He's great, man. I, I He's love singer songwriter uh, himself. Considered so he, one of the most prolific singers. Yeah, and he hears him online, and he shows up at his house. Yeah. I love. Uh, yeah. I love the guy, main guy's parents too. Yeah. He said, "You know, you look a lot like Ed Sheeran." He says, "I am Ed Sheeran." Yeah. <laughs> and he just walks up. <laughs> His parents were great. He's like, can you pass me that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he says, I, I'm doing a tour in Russia. And like, I need an opening act. The last guy kind of uh, uh, bailed out on me. Would you like to come with me? And he's, yeah. <laughs> when are we leaving? Two days. <laughs> and, and then obviously he's in Russia. He's going to play back in the USSR. Yeah. In which it, it's huge. And he and, told him, he's like, what is he? He's like, I wrote it on the plane on yeah. the way over here. And one of the most enjoyable scenes is oh, after yeah. after the concert yeah, when yeah. they're all hanging out. And they were like, man, you're such an amazing songwriter. He says, how don't we have a have a game right now that we'll go off measuring contest yeah yeah basically yeah and what did they give him a half hour or sorry two hours two hours he said go off for two hours and write 20 minutes oh 20 minutes it was a lot less time okay so go go out and uh we're gonna write a song just off the cuff and we're gonna come back here and we're gonna play for everyone that's in the green room here and and we'll we'll celebrate it wouldn't be we'll see who the best (laughs) songwriter is and he comes back with I don't know if it's Hey Jude or, no. or what it, what it's come back with. It I comes back with it. I had never heard it before. Oh so. really? See, I heard it all. It was of a deep these. cut. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard all. I'm the radio hits. With, it wasn't with, a radio. Yeah, it wasn't song. one of the radio plays, but it it was amazing. It was a piano song. And and it dropped everyone's jaws, and they were like, yeah. "Holy!" And Ed's was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ed Sheeran came back with a really good song, but it wasn't anything like what obviously the Beatles uh, wrote, and. The, the movie takes it it's also a love story between him and the girl that he his, kind of grew up with yeah. and, he's like I'm going to California you gotta come yeah. with me and she's like I teach elementary school it's one of those situations I and I, I, I kind of look at it like me and my wife because me we and my we haven't talked me about and, my favorite actress on this movie yet though uh, oh Kate McKinnon yeah she was a fucking she played <laughs> you're gonna come here you're gonna record all your music we're, we're gonna we're make gonna a ton of money, money and we're gonna take most of it from you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was straight up. She was great in it. Uh, but I love the girl in it. She looks just like Kira Knightley, that girl that played she his. She almost uh, looked hit. like that uh, Rose. Oh, Rose, Rose Byrne, too. Byrne. Yeah. She did have that look, that very uh, kind of uh, stunning brunette look. But it reminded me of the kind of relationship with me and my wife where we had been friends for like eight years and everyone else saw us together before we saw us together and everything. And, and you're just waiting for these two guys to kind of come together and they finally do. And, yeah, uh, where's your movie? Hey, where's my fucking movie, man? If you uh, made a hit movie, then some you can go back and make a uh, movie. Some of my you. favorite stuff, we're not going to ruin it for you, were the the one guy and the one girl who kept showing up in the crowd. Oh, yeah. You know, and you the were like... One Russian dude, he was yeah. blown away. Yeah. Are we telling why? We're not going to tell him why. Okay. No, let's not tell him why. Um, but... uh, can I talk about one of my favorite scenes? Sure. Um... <laughs> it's, it's when he tells why. Yeah, tell him why. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. 
<laughs> you said I can tell it. <laughs> My wife watches this show. Did she watch this no. with you yesterday? She didn't. Um, the show New Girl. Hmm? She watches that show. I've heard of it. I've never. Uh, and one of the roommates, Winston, is uh, plays the character when he comes in and they're like, all right. They had that meeting where oh, they're yeah. all clapping and then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, why is everybody clapping every time I t- say something? Yeah. And then he's like, well, we gotta, we got to come up with a title for this new album. He had just yeah. recorded this great album. Yeah. He's like, and we considered the three that you put up there. Yeah. And then the first one was like the, uh, the Lonely Hearts Club band and he starts trashing it. He's like, he's like, I like it, but it's nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. He's like, and then the White Album. Yeah, we can't do that. Yeah. That's got too much diversity. Well, that issues. was what was great about the main character. He was, he he was just being honest. He was trying to keep everything exactly yeah. the way mm-hmm. it should be. He didn't want uh, <laughs> he, he didn't want to like alter what the uh, almost what wanted Paul and John to spill the beans on himself. Yeah. a couple of times. Like he was so happy. And it's like when Ed Sheeran came and said, uh, uh, tried to talk him into calling yeah. Hey Jude, Hey Dude. Yeah. He said, Hey Dude, really? He said, Trust me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rock. <laughs> he's like, no, I can't, I can't it do it. It was very ironic because you as the audience know, obviously know the timeline and yeah. the history of the Beatles. And when they went and visited um, the guy that played, was that Begbie? That was Begbie. They the went guy that played uh, John. No, 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 that wasn't him. I'm telling you, you want everyone to be Begbie. <laughs> I think the kid from Millions, that little kid, was Begbie. No, that's not him either. I, I know who that was. Uh, he looked just fucking like him. Uh, but it was one of those instances in the movie that you don't... You're surprised that you didn't expect that that was going to happen. There was a, a couple... Robert Carlyle. Uh, who played... Uh, is that who played him, though? Yeah, he had to have. Well, then I'm going to go back and rewatch that fucking movie, man, because it, it fooled my ass. You got me on that one, for sure. That's crazy. Does it not list who he plays on there? I didn't go to Don Talk amongst yourself, people. <laughs> yeah, you guys work it out. <laughs> yeah, John Lennon. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. man. I'm going to go rewatch that fucking later this afternoon because I had no fucking clue. They, he that, went, now, that he had a lot of makeup on. That did. must have been what you were thinking did, of when you thought because he's like, how old are you? He's like 70. He's like, you got to live to be 70. Yeah. That's great. Because I can't believe that's him, dude. That Lennon really fucks with me. <laughs> in his 30s, right? Yeah. And it was one of those instances, and uh, so, it was like eighty something. And yeah, there's some really enjoyable stuff that happens at the you end. Know, the man. funny it, thing it, is, it all comes when around that, when that Russian dude was in awe, standing in the club, yeah, staring at the stage. I thought that he was going to turn out to be the was it who shot Lennon? Oh yeah, Mike Mark David Chapman. Yeah, I well, that would have been an interesting be a Mark way. David Chapman for this guy that was because he was. That's a crazy route that would have been interesting. I, I, to see. I was waiting for that whole. Wow. I was waiting for that guy to show up again it's, and and take a shot at it's him. Too lighthearted for that. Yeah, it <laughs> it's, it's a very lighthearted movie. And it this had and some millions. great elements we didn't talk about that were yeah. super funny. The, this and Millions really are the two upbeat movies that Danny. He Boyle could make did. a sequel if he went on to be a writer. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really fantastic. I cannot I cannot recommend yesterday oh, yeah. enough for people. Yeah, yeah because it has it's, something it's just for one of those. Absolutely, you don't have to be a Beatles fan. You can yeah. hate the Beatles. It's one of those scripts that must have come across people's desk, and they were like, "Holy shit!" Well, like you know, it just makes you want to. It's great scripts. You watch this movie, and it makes me want to write. You know, it, it makes om- me want to think of that ingenious idea, outside the box idea that you never expected. And I mean, this the was years it. between his movies. Obviously, movies take a long time to make, but I. I like to think 
he passes on a lot of stuff just yeah. because he's yeah. waiting for that yeah. right one. Whereas some I mean, people he passed on just do everything. Bond. I'm not sure. Yeah, like but, I said, but that's I'm... a different thing altogether. You have to deal with the powers that be to be in a Bond movie. Yeah, and I mean, you kind of want to like, do your own thing, and a lot of times I would imagine they're it's not going to let like, you do your own thing. It's almost like, uh, what's his name with Godfather? Like, Oh, yeah, like, uh, like, Coppola. Like, yeah, yeah. Or, or Apocalypse Now. It's like, oh, it's God, do you think he'd been like, uh, that was one of his first, though. You think Danny Boy has cut some of his uh, uh, his chops early on that he wouldn't have to do it. So he's kind of, uh, I'm looking at Danny Boyle's future stuff. He's got a, uh, a, a movie called Smash and Grab. Uh, it's about the most successful diamond thieves in the world based on a documentary called Smash and Grab. So I guess watch the documentary. He's rumored for Miss Saigon. And then there's uh, Methuselah. Interesting. An action-adventure story centered on a thousand-year-old man who has been who has used his time on the planet to develop the unparalleled set of survival skills. That is interesting. And Michael B. Jordan must be the one playing him, uh, uh, Methuselah. That's interesting. So that's going to be a fantasy-ass movie and everything. Uh an action movie too that's crazy uh methuselah could build some so I, i'm super years. i'm super excited man danny boyle was one of those british actors he's right there with christopher nolan you know the, those those british directors those foreign directors that come here and they just nail it every single movie and they like you said they get great screenplays and they have that great um mind that can uh, that work all these clever shots and so uh if you're not a danny boyle fan if you don't know you're a danny boyle fan check out these 10 films man uh like i said there's a couple that are uh, on the more difficult side, maybe the uh, the first train spotting, but like I said, that was that was difficult in '96. It's it's a lot more difficult movies, other than that. I mean, if you just watched Shallow Grave, Twenty Eight Days Later, Millions, Slumdog Millionaire, and Yesterday, I mean, you would get a great. You would have a. Those are all fantastic flicks, man. I mean, they're, that they're cross section of his range. Yep, for sure. I mean, and really amazing, man. I, I look forward to all the future movies he's doing. So. That'll be our Danny Boyle, man. Nice. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the next director. I don't know what we've got uh, slated for the uh, for directors, but there's so many good ones that it's just it's an easy uh, one to throw out there. Uh, next week, next week we have an exciting. We, me and Justin, are starting our two part Canon Films uh, pod series. Uh, we're gonna do one, and then we're gonna take a break. And me and Dave are gonna do part two of our spy films, which has been enjoyable to catch up on right now. I told you I've been watching that. I watched that uh, Red Sparrow, and I've been watching a lot of the other ones we uh, picked for that list. Uh, and super exciting and enjoyable. Uh, and then we're going to do the other part of the um, the canon film, and then we're going to be back together to do a uh, wild card episode. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably. It, it, chances are it'll still be outside. It'll just be outside of your farm uh, there, and we'll kind of sit across from each other, and hopefully we'll get Justin. Justin's been busy as hell lately, so uh, hopefully we can uh, work out some time where uh, where he can get uh, get free and uh, join us to get all back together again because everyone's trying to get back out there. And I had somebody ask me yesterday, you, you guys going out yet? I said, eh, not exactly. I said, we're, we're kind of happy doing our thing. I said, it's good when you're when you're introverts anyways. It's not a big rush yeah, <laughs> to happen. Has changed almost yep. none. So, and I feel bad for extroverts, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, people that oh, are just man. dying to go out, they must be bouncing off the fucking walls, man. Yeah. Not me. I'm fine. <laughs> so if you want to get a hold of us, you can check us out on Facebook where we uh, will list the episodes when they drop on Saturday and list the pictures. You can also uh, leave us a like or a comment on our two platforms, SoundCloud and uh, iTunes. Or you can shoot us an email at fascinatedwithfilms uh, at gmail.com and we will be sure to get back to you. Waiting by the keyboard. By the keyboard. So until next week when we do Canon Films... 
See ya. Later. No, see, see, this is a really shit idea. You know why? Because it's really obviously a shit idea.